The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And it's great to have your company as we do our first preview anti-post of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival and you know what that means it's the return of the Cheltenham Festival betting guides author Mr. Paul Ferguson welcome back to the show Paul I am it's good to be back good to have you back and you bring with you a gravy train discount for your excellent book which we'll get off you in a matter of moments but we've also got uh, another guest joining us to break down the anti-post markets for children one of the leading traders in the business from betdac barry call emmett your introductions are far too kind but i'll accept them all yeah delighted to be on today i know we gave out about no value in the anti-post market but i've i've had a bit of bit of rap over that so i've scoured the markets and i own i have four winners for the listeners today at big big prices oh i'm loving that coming in hot because yeah we did darren Barry and I had a, a good conversation last week about racing media and how much of an emphasis there is on Cheltenham and where horses are going to go and yada, yada, yada. And everything that Darren said was absolutely right. But it's also right to dream about Cheltenham, which is why we're doing this. Um, the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide is the must-have companion for the Cheltenham Festival. Um, and over the last few years, we've teamed up with Weatherby's to, one, promote it, but also to give you a gravy train discount. Uh Paul, I was actually reading last year's book over the weekend, trying to apply some of the statistics and the facts uh, to this year's racing, but I'm not going to have to do that for much longer because the new book comes out very, very soon. It does indeed, yeah. I've got, well, what date are we on now? Um, three weeks today, we go to print on the 14th of February, um, and then it comes out towards the end of the following week. So 23rd, 24th of February will be out. Um, and anyone who pre-orders will be dispatched immediately and should receive it um, hopefully that weekend or certainly before the end of the month. And what can we expect in this year's edition? Um, it's pretty much uh, similar in, in terms of um, the, the guest contributors have remained the same from last year, actually. Um, we have Graham Cunningham, Rory DeLaghi, um and Sam Turner looking at the daily news tips and Rory always um, looks at the uh, bankers or bust the short price favourites whether he thinks uh, they're good value and goes into detail as he always does with regards to those. Jess Stafford um, is involved again. She um, She's going to take a look at horses from a breeding perspective, the breeding angles article. Um, Don McLean is in there again with the Irish view and of course every race from the Cheltenham Festival is covered in terms of stats and trends and statistics, as are 12 races from Aintree's Grand National Meeting, which is again um, included within the publication. It is a must-have. It's absolute gold. The Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide, you can get it at the Weatherby Shop, uh, weatherbyshop.co.uk, weatherbyshop.ie. Type in Google Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide and the way it comes. It's in the 24th year. But what is the Gravy Train discount code? Paul Ferguson, this will get you £5 off the digital version, which is what I tend to get, uh, the print copy or the bundle, best of both worlds. Have the book and the digital copy. What is the discount code? Uh, yeah, the discount code for listeners, Emmett, is FINAL23. FINAL is all in lowercase, FINAL23. 
Let's go. Final 23, lowercase. Uh, get it now and you will be having access to that in only a couple of weeks. It'll be sent out to you. It's absolute gold and I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, right. Some of the entries have been made for the Novice Hurdles, uh, the Cheltenham Festival, the Supreme, the Ballymore, the Potato Race, uh, the Triumph Hurdle. They've all come through today. However, they're still, the information is still filtering through. So I don't have all of those statistics, but by the time this goes out, you will know who's entered where. Which brings me to an interesting side note on trainers. This does not include entries for the Supreme, Ballymore, or, or the Potato Race. Gordon Elliott currently has 30 entries without the Novice Hurdlers at Cheltenham. Henry de Bromhead, 20. Paul Nichols, 16. Nicky Henderson, 16. So 82 from those four big trainers. Which is the exact number of entries that Willie Mullins has. Not including <laughs> Novice Hurdlers. So... Paul Ferguson. I asked this question last week, and I'm going to put it to you now. In 2021, he had 10 winners, which is the record for one trainer at a a Cheltenham Festival. He is the winning most trainer in the history of the Cheltenham Festival with 88 winners. How many winners will Willie Mullins have this year? Can I come back to you at the end of the show? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I can have a rough, while while we're talking, I'll I'll be looking in the background and see how many I think. Obviously, like the, the the entries themselves show you how dominant he is, and even probably the first race we're going to touch on, looking at the championship races today, the champion hurdle. Um, he's going to be have state man and Vauban um, towards the top of the market there, so he, he's going to be represented. Like you were talking about the novice hurdles, if you think about the novice chases, um, how many runners he could possibly have in either the Arkle or the Turners, and likely in both. Really, he's going to have two or three if not more, runners in either race. Um, now that we know Sagerhard's going chasing on Thursday, so um, I think that's how much was the bet between us where he'd turn up first in the season. I wasn't expecting it to be as late as late January, but he, he does start off in a beginner's chase. So is, is that 100 euros we had? Was it, it was 100 quid, yeah. <laughs> Has he been given an entry for another chase? No, he's running on Thursday. He's been declared. Oh, Willie, come on, man. Isn't it? Which obviously has an impact on. We're going to talk about the champion hurdle and uh, stairs hurdle shortly. He's, he's fairly prominent. I know he's a big price, but he's only like fifth, sixth favourites in the markets for the two of them. So, um, depending on how Thursday goes, I assume assume if he goes and wins well, as you would expect him to, um, he will be out of the picture for both of the hurdle races. Damn it, Willie Mullins, and he's slow rolling me as well. He's left it till the end of January to do it. Oh my goodness! Well, Richard, Richard Thompson said on in an interview about a month about a month ago. I think it was mid to late December that he didn't expect um, to get hard to be re- to be ready in time, even for Cheltenham. It sounded like possibly he might miss the season. So obviously things have gone a little better in the meantime. Um, and yeah, he runs in he runs in a two mile beginners chase there on. Thursday, so if all goes well, you would imagine he'd then be pointed at either the, the Arkle or the Turners. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a Bouvedere there, quite frankly. Oh, he doesn't really take to the fences. Let's get him over hurdles. But it's another, <laughs> another uh, huge bullet for Willie Mullins to fire uh, when it comes to the novice chasers at the Cheltenham Festival. And basically, it's Willie Mullins' world, and we're all just living in it. Vauban finds more now and kicks away and up the hill. Vauban wins the JCB Triumph Hurdle. Galapin Deschamps is away and clear and he's over safely. No, he's not. He knuckles on landing and he is down. Galapin Deschamps is down at the last. At the final fence now. 
He's over safely. He paddled his way through it, but he's clear. And it is Alaho who again wins the Ryanair. So Gerhard and Paul Tynan have won the Ballymore. And it's Fasal Vega and Patrick Mullins and more significantly, Willie Mullins. It's going to be a 12th Willoughby's champion bumper. Fasal Vega in a round. Countdown to Willie Mullins' complete domination of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival and Willie Mullins' bingo. 48 days. 21 hours, 57 minutes, 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8 seconds, 82 entries for Cheltenham, and that does not include the novice hurdlers. It's an extraordinary amount of strength and depth, but he might come up short in the champion hurdle, where Constitution Hill uh, is a red-hot favourite. Barry, let's go through the the prices first of all. Um, It's extraordinary what this horse has been doing, uh, and he's one of the shortest prices that we're going to see for any championship race in the history of Cheltenham right now. Yeah, I can't remember too many going off much shorter. Just before I dig into this, um, the Willie Mullins, how many? I'm going to try and get a market up on the Betback Exchange later on today. I think the line will be in around 10.5 again. Like he had an extraordinary best up when he got those winners. So we'll try and get a market up on the Betback Exchange this afternoon. Oh, yes. Uh, under, over. And we'll let the listeners decide what way they want to punt that market. I'll try to get it as close to even money as we can, but I think ten and a half would be a, a fair line given his um his number of entries. Well, let's let's, let's to, be fair about it now for for final four podcast listeners, shall we? I, I'd say a fair number would be seven. Anything over seven? seven. Be, <laughs> I'm basically trying to extract as much gravy from Betdak as possible. Yeah, but I, if it's seven, it's gonna be it's gonna be long odds on that he's gonna have over seven. I'm you're just trying to get it as close. To even. Oh, money. if you're gonna do I'll like coin what, flip, money. even money each of two, I'd go like yeah. even money plus. Look, it's gonna be eleven. I think. Yeah, ten and a half. We'll go ten and a half and see what see what happens. Yeah, I, I just flipped through that. I'd, I'd I'd go. I'd probably err on the side portion and go under under ten and a half. I would go this year just just because obviously, um, going to touch on it now. Obviously, Constitution Hills in there, John Bonds in there in a couple of the races which Willie would normally. Yeah, um, good point. Looked all the strong hand and um, and a, a lot of his and all of his got. A lot, a ridiculous amount of entries, and we will see them come through again with the novice hurdlers today. Um, several of them are going to run the same race, so you know you can only get you only get one win maximum in, the, in those circumstances, can't you? So, um, and then you, you talk the handicaps. You're not going to know until near the time like what, what's put in there. But um, yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd go under this year. I think he'd do well to match last year's um, remarkable tally, which obviously all came together on the Friday, really, when he had. And the five time, didn't it? Yeah. We'll, we'll go eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting, though, in that I'm pretty adamant he's going to have 10 plus, and, and yet Paul would go the other way. So where where are you going to decide this, Barry? Which way would you go? Um, I'd probably be thinking about nine and a half, to be honest, because like last year was an exceptional year, 10 and a half. And, and I'm not convinced he's going to send all his big ones to Cheltenham. As we spoke on the show last week about with so many other festivals that we're forgetting about. The Dublin Racing Festival is getting bigger and bigger each year. You punch his town, you've entry. So I'm not sure he's going to send... Like Willie Mullins hasn't come out and... I know he has entries, but he hasn't come out and said that he's going to send all these big horses to Cheltenham. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of them stay back. So I, I'd find it... and Like he's more entries this year than ever. He's, he's a, a fantastic hand, but can he achieve the same feats as last year? Ten and a half would be good. So... Yeah, I think it'll be between about eight and a half and nine and a half. It'll be interesting market to throw up 
try and get it as close to even money as we can and, and see does uh, see where the money comes, you know? Yeah. yeah um, I, think, I think a good point this year with with Aintree is that it's a week later than normal. Obviously, it falls behind fairly else because of Easter, but there's four weeks between Cheltenham and Aintree this year, so... Yeah, big um, difference. Yeah, it does make a big difference when in terms of runners running the both both fixtures. Obviously, it, if they come to Aintree, they won't be going to Punchestown because they're too close together, but um, if he's thinking of splitting them, then ways, there is a chance that he could all go to Cheltenham. And some go to entry, some go to punches down because say that there is a four week gap. Yeah, that, that's a very important thing to factor in as well. Um, it's a feral swing between meetings this time around, so we'll see how that impacts things as well. Um, I think anything that is fit enough to run, he's going to send to Cheltenham by the sense of things. But Barry could be absolutely right. Uh, don't forget about Ferry House as well. Right, Barry. The um, the price the Constitution Hill currently is with Betac for the Champion Hurdle. He's currently fours on with us, um, taking no chances. I think that's look a trees on. I think he's a ridiculous price. Four on, fours on. I think he's worse. Um, look, he's obviously he, he obviously the clear favourite after his effortless wins at Christmas and stuff like that in Kempton. Yeah, but I, I can't be having him at one to three. Although he has a huge engine. Um, last year's race at Cheltenham for me, it just fell apart. It really did. I just thought the top two. Dysart Dynamo and John Bomb, was it? I think they just went way too quick, way too quick, and really set the race up for him. And I know he's looked very, very good this year, but at that sort of a price, he's never really ran in a hustle and bustle of a race. Like I know he's unbeaten, but every time he's ran, it's been he's never ran in a field with more than ten runners. Yeah. Apart from his point to point where he was beaten, where it was eleven runners. And this season, he's had it all his own way. He's been one to four and one to seven. He's popped off in front. He's popped off just behind the leader, and it's just been like a piece of work. Now, I know he could employ the same tactics again at Cheltenham, but at Cheltenham, they're going to go hell for leather from the start like they always do. And I know that suited them last year, but it was basically a three-horse race from last year from, from the get-go, really. The other two went off, set it up for him perfectly. He got a lovely run around. Like He's going to be facing some class opposition in this race. The one that I'm thinking about backing is Vauban. Oh, good man, Barry. Is, yeah, I think his form is outstanding when you look at it. Like He... But he, once he came to Willie, he was beaten in a maiden hurdle at Punchstown by Pied Piper, which turned out to be, not be a bad run when grand scheme of things. Pied Piper's not a bad horse. Um, he's only beat a half length by him. He then went and he won three grade one races, and he won them very, very well at Leopardstown, Cheltenham, and Punchstown, winning them very, very well. And his run back this year was the first run of the year, and he was beaten by Statement, which he could come on a ton for that. He was an impressive winner last year of the Triumph Hurdle, probably more impressive so than Statement was last year in winning the county and at 8-1 to one, he's only a 5 year old there could be any amount of improvement in him never being out of the first two um, won his point to points or, or sorry won a couple of races in France well too on, on different sort of ground so at 8-1 to one, a 5 year old he could be improving um, he has won around Cheltenham before in a 12 horse race you know bigger fields so look trees on I know Constitution Hill looks very very good um, but everything he's done has, has been easy but it's sort of been handed to him and the difference in prices, my selection in the champion hurdle is going to be Vauban. I still wouldn't rule out Honeysuckle if she turns up because if she's in good nick, they won't run her unless she's 100%. I've made this point in this, on the show before yep. because she owes, she owes nobody nothing. She won't turn up unless she's 100%. So it'll be an awful lot of things will become clearer after the Dublin Racing Festival next month as regards who will start second favourite. But at this stage, 8-1 to one about Vauban, to me, at least we know he's going to go on the race. That looks big. Yeah, I'm with you. Spoiler alert, my bet for the champion hurdle is also uh, Vauban. But, Paul, to, to break down just what Barry was saying about um, Constitution Hill and to actually 
properly look at, at his form. Like, he has been incredibly stylish in everything that he's done. Every time he's set foot on a race course, he's won by at least 12 lengths. And the horse that he's been beaten on his last two starts in the Fighting Fifth and the Christmas Hurdle is the defending champion of those races and was runner-up in the race last year. Um, time forms, David Cleary has already said that he might be the best hurdler we've ever seen. There is a lot of hype, there's a lot of hyperbole, but to be fair, what he's doing on a race course seems to be absolutely extraordinary. Is it a case of if he turns up, he wins, or are you keen to take him on in the market, Paul? No, I would not be keen to take him on, to be honest. Certainly, I wouldn't be, um, if I was Barry or another layer, I wouldn't be looking to lay him at... Um, too much shows. I, I've I've been blown away by him to be honest. Um, I know we've had all these comparisons about whether he is going to be the best hurdler of all time. Um, he might well go and show it. Um, but I think I'd be in the camp, and I'm just digressing slightly. Sorry, I'd be in the camp of longevity in that in that case. Like you would, you'd want to see him return and win two or three champion hurdles, and you know, without getting ahead of ourselves at this stage, just looking for this year. Um, the, the performance that that I even though he beat Epiton by um, five lengths less of a distance, was was Newcastle in the fight in fifth. I just thought that was, you just don't see um, horses win grade ones in that manner. That often it's hurdling, is so fluent, um, he's so quick. I I, I just, I, and I, I think he's, he, he's proven already that, um, I take Barry's points on board, that he, he maybe he was slightly flattered in March, but he's, he's clearly tactically versatile. He can go and do it from the front so it's going to be slow. I think he'd be even more suited by a strongly run race as he was last March. So um, I don't see where the opposition can see a chink in his armour in order to... He, 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 he doesn't... He's not... Um, he doesn't see, appear to be a horse who gets wound up or never settles in his races. He just does everything so professionally for us who's only had five runs in his life under rules. Um, for me, I, I, I find what I find a hard to oppose. Um, he say he goes on you go on a ground it's, you're not giving anything away tipping up a three to one on shots at this stage you'd probably be you can't imagine he'd be any shorter on the day I'm sure there'd be a few out to try and get to try and get him maybe close to the time but um, so sometimes you don't have to have a bet you have to just enjoy these horses when he come along talking about the opposition in behind it could be you, you've touched on Epiton for a second last year this this Constitutional aside, this looks a stronger renewal when you look at um, Stateman and Vauban coming through. At the start of the season, again, I'd, I'd been slightly, despite the record of, that we know of five-year-olds, um, I'd have been more in his camp that he was the one who could develop into a champion hurdle or over Stateman. I was, I was a massive fan of Stateman ever since he arrived from um, France. He, was, he featured in Jumpers to follow the last two years. Um, I was quite keen on him last year when he won the county. Um, and he, he hasn't done anything wrong this year, um, but just whether they are in the same league as Constitutional remains to be seen. Um, as Barry said, a lot to, to picture in terms of the Irish scene will be a lot clearer after next weekend um, when the Irish Championnate takes place. If Stateman's going to go and beat Constitutional, he needs to go. He's got to go and win that. He's got to win that, in my opinion, or or, or there be a legitimate reason why he doesn't something happens like untoward in the race, but. If he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't win that race, I don't think he, I don't think he'll be winning. I agree with the points of Oban. Looked like he could step forward considerably, and that was his first start uh, from the spring at Christmas. Um, but again, the, in the last thirty-six years, there's only been two winning five-year-olds out of hundred and eleven who've taken the chance. It is, a, it is a huge ask for them. They were obviously um, Catcher and Esport Allen. Uh, the one before that was Sia. Then when he won his first champion hurdle, so. Um, 
he's got that to overcome. You can't, you can't see Paul Town and jump and ship from Stateman. Surely he's on Stateman next week. So um, I, I just, yeah, I, I say I think the pecking order in Ireland might be sorted out, but I don't, I don't see any of them beating Constitution Hill on the day, to be honest. Yeah, as long as he turns up fit and well and sound, and I mean, that's a point to make about the fact that he's fours on now with Betdak. That almost goes back to what we were talking about last week, Barry, in that a lot of layers are trying to figure out what price a horse is going to be on the day, and that's the price that's being offered anti-post, which, if you're then getting customers, is a smart move. If people are prepared to back a horse at fours on without the insurance of if this horse doesn't go, by the way, you don't get your money back, well, then that's their business. Um, but also, when you're pricing the race up, like you can't go even money about Constitution Hill because God knows what price is going to be because that Irish champion hurdle is going to sort out the pecking order massively uh, in, in terms of the Irish horses. So as long as, as sports books are, are getting people who are prepared to pay that money and on the machine, if people are prepared to take that price, then that's what layers are going to do, Barry. Yeah, I, I just can't see him going off any shorter than one to four, no matter what happens at the DRF. If, if a rag comes and wins that race at, at the DRF, I just still see him can't go off, or I can't see him going off any shorter than one to four. It's, it's a ridiculous price, but just uh, like I, I understand what Paul is saying, he, he has looked really, really good. But but just as regards at the price, I think you've got three live ones running for you if you if you can take him on at that sort of a price. Stateman and Vauban, they both could be anything. They really could. Um, they could improve out of all recognition. I mean, we, we haven't, we certainly haven't seen the best of them yet. And then we're still not mentioning Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle yeah. has had one bad run, one bad run in 17. And when I say a bad run, it wasn't even that bad of a run. She, it was her first run of the season. Going to the last, she looked as though she was going to win. She's eight to one. What price would Honeysuckle have been if she had a won that race by a length or two? You know, you're only talking about another two or three lengths of improvement. Probably another gallop at home would have would have got her over the line that day, and she she'd be three to one, seven to two if she if she'd remained unbeaten. She loves the place, the Queen of Cheltenham. So we're not even talking about her, but, but there's just three live ones you have against Constitution Hill, and don't forget Team Tactics could come into this on the day as well, and even Irish Team Tactics could come into this because you're going to have two really well fancy Willie Mullins runners. They're not going to go out and just set it up for Constitution Hill. I'm sure there's going to be conversations to be had about how to get this beat or how to run the, run the race, give us the best chance of winning and maybe make it a little bit awkward for Constitution Hill. So don't don't forget about that. I know Epitant is in there as well, but um, team tactics could play a small part in this race too. Sumion's back. I'd say it would. Couldn't, couldn't, we just, um, couldn't they just book Sumion for Sharjah and then have him elbow Nico after the first? That's yeah. Constitution Hill gone and, and then it's a case of, right, folks, sort it out yourselves. Do you imagine? Could you imagine, even if there's like a total accident where that's Constitution Hill's fault, there would still be conspiracy, Alex Jones styles consp- conspiracy theories all over. They tried to take him out. They're taking your money. If, if anything like that was to happen, there would be pandemonium. Oh, yeah. Charger's in there. What's Charger still in there for a reason? He's, uh, <laughs> he's going to spoil the party. He's, he's in to do a job, but not the there job you, you think. Now, we're not suggesting anything untoward. Imagine something did happen now. We'd be all looking back at this show. We'd be all investigated by the BHA. <laughs> How did the boys yeah, know Barry on the 24th of January? Barry's saying there, you're saying there, Barry, his state man's open 20 hour rounds and proves. He's had two more starts than Constitutional Jeez. over here, also. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Constitutional. Both of them are open tomorrow, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't really come off the bridle and got into a big battle. Yeah, there's definitely more. Both of them. 
Bull bands had the same amount of runs, but he's had his flat career. So you, I don't think people can judge just solely on those two can step forward massively because Constitutional could step forward again. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's actually had the less, the less career start. The one thing I'd say, if you're a Constitutional fan, what would you want to happen next week? You'd probably want Stateman to run out an emphatic winner, wouldn't you? And it'd be him to harden in the market and look like being a genuine contender, I think, rather than having three against you. I think if they finish more in a bunch next week, I don't see Constitution Hill being any weaker in the market. But if you're if you're hoping that there is a chance that you might get two to one on or or anything like that, I'd say maybe from Barry's point of view, would it be that if Stateman ran out and a wide margin winner next week, he he would obviously be the one who would close the gap and and look like becoming a genuine contender against them. Do you give Honeysuckle any chance, Paul? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, but um, as I say, I, uh, I I thought last year she wasn't. I'm not sure she was at the same level as she was the year before. Um, I was just that whether fitness aside or anything, I, I was disappointed with the reappearance defeat. Um, and I say if. I think if, well, I think if if you if you're in the state man camp, I think you, you need he's as I said he's got to be winning. I think next week, um, honeysuckle could could bounce back. But again, I I think the Irish champion hurdle with them too, and it looks a lot stronger than it has done in recent years. So yeah, honeysuckle would be would be the personally I think honeysuckle's the the least likely winner of the four to win the champion hurdle for me. It's kind of gone very quiet on honeysuckle which is strange considering the fact that she's going for her fourth Irish champion hurdle in a week and a half. Um, but I, I will say fair play to Kenny Alexander and Henry de Bromhead in that early in the season, floating the idea of, well, we could go for the mayors. I, I admire the fact that they were floating that idea. I admire more the fact that they've just ripped her out of that entirely and taken that off the table. If she's, if she's, if she's beaten comprehensively next week Game likely or she probably wouldn't even go to Cheltenham would she so, no that, that'd be it then. Um, no she won't go she, she won't go anywhere she's not 100% yeah I think Epiton deserves a mention obviously she she could run on Saturday she's in the um, Mayor's Hurdle at Doncaster on Saturday and it, there's obviously the option for her to go down the Mayor's route um, she's not entered at the moment but as we know that was a, a clerical or an administration error mm. Um, she won the race in 2020 it's been placed twice since uh, she's been kicked out of sight by Constitutional so I think the decision where she runs will be led by JP McManus's team um, I think Nicky Henson's got Marie's Rock as favourite for the Mayor's Hurdles um, I, I think if you asked if you if the decision was down to Nicky he'd probably run Epitons here because if something did happen to Constitutional early on in the race where he came down at the first or second He's probably still got another live contender to run a, to run a good race there, uh, but I say that this, I would imagine that decision will be will be owner led, and it could be that she ends up down the mayor's hurdle route. Yeah, given the fact that it's Frank Berry, aka Frankie Tightlips, we're probably not going to get any info on that until much closer to the time. Strange that there was that clerical error that she wasn't entered for the mayor's, um, but that's all it was, and people make mistakes. Um, who is the who is the most likely? major contender to Constitution Hill. If he is the, the be-all and end-all and his official mark of 173 is only an idea of how good he could be, Jesus, that's that's quite frightening. Uh, who do you see as the big danger to him, Paul? I say, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's got to be either Stateman or Vauban. I can see the, the argument for them stepping forward. Um, and At this stage, well, what was the difference between them last time? Four and a half lengths, was it? 
four and a quarter length Christmas. Um, I remember watching it live at the time and thinking Vauban was the one to take out take out of that race, but I've watched it back a couple of times. I, I think Statement will confirm the form next week, um, and then if he does, I, I imagine that um, I say Paul Town will retain the partnership there. I think I think he, he's the obvious one. But say for me that the market's about right. Only the only the fact that I'd probably have Vauban ahead of Honeysuckle. I'd, I'd say. Again, there's there's more improvements, obviously, clearly in them two than there is in Honeysuckle. So, I could see it wouldn't surprise me at all if the if the pair of them pass, um, improve past the next week. From a racing fan's perspective, you'd love to see Honeysuckle win because it'll tear the roof off Leopardstown, a fourth Irish champion hurdle. It would be incredible, and it's our final season. From the point of view yeah, of the market, yeah. of course, yeah. From the point of view of the market, a victory for Statement or Vaubon is really what you're looking for because how much shorter is Honeysuckle going to be? And it's it's impossible to not look back on last year and, and look at her beating Epitant by three and a half lengths where she had a mark of 165, which is basically her peak mark. And then she's kept that at Punchestown um, and, and then obviously beaten it at Fairy House. Whereas Constitution Hill has just swatted Epitant aside and just looks like an absolute and total machine. It's it's extraordinary what he's doing. Yeah. That, that, that's oh. why it'd be interesting to see Epitant at the weekend as well. Mm. Um, to see if she is still performing to the same level as she was last year. Um, if she, you know, in comparison to how she's been beaten by Constitution Hill, there's no saying for definite that she's performing to the same level. But um, say if she comes out and wins easily on on Saturday, albeit in a much weaker race, if she she should she should really do that. Constitution Hill fans would would want to see her do that. I think that race would probably suit her better than if she would have run on. Haydock heavy last Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Um, where she might well have been bogged down. So. She'd want to be beating Molly Ollie's Wishes and Martellus Guy. For all that they're nice horses, she'd want to be beating them at the weekend. So, But she's an interesting contender and an interesting player and, and a good backup for Nikki. Uh, but a 25 to 1 shot. In in terms of placing a bet on the race, um, yeah, look, Fabon is, is where I am. I, I was very taken with how Willie Mullins was speaking so glowingly about him after uh, the, the run at Christmas behind Statement because... I got the impression he wasn't expecting him to finish second. I think he thought he was going to be beaten quite comfortably that day. And there was a moment in the race where it looked as though Danny was going to get the upper hand. Um, and he just seemed to flatten out towards the end. And it was it was great that he turned up there in grade one company against Statman and didn't go down to Limerick for that race that turned into an absolute farce with Brazil in, in a two-runner race. Oh, the two-horse race. Yeah, that was that was a joke. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, but that was a, a nice prize that they could have gone for. And he went, no, let's put him into grade one company uh, and see where we are. But he did seem to be a bit taken aback that he ran such a big race. And to my eyes, it did look for a moment as though he, he was traveling the better and, and might very well loom up and win. He, he did travel well. I'd say, that, I'd say the positive from both. Uh, well, Van, I thought his hurdle improved quite dramatically last year from when Barry touched upon him being beaten by Pipe Pi the first time out. He was he was quite sticky, and with each run, his hurdle improved. And Statement's done that this this year. I thought he jumped a lot better at Christmas. Um, off, uh, admittedly, off a nice strong pace, um, which was good to see it in the race at Christmas. It wasn't. Whereas the Morgiana was obviously ran at a much slower pace, and he didn't jump overly well. I didn't think Statement, but. Um, Again, that's something else next week you want to see. You want to see the two of them step step forward in that regard with the hurdle. Statement still looks like he could be the way he jumps hurdles. To me, like he could make up into a chaser next year, the way he, could, he does give them plenty of air, where, air where his constitutional is quite 
flat and low, the typical style of a champion head law. So, um, again, that, that that's another thing to look out for next week. Yeah, he's he just doesn't make a mistake with his hurdles. He's so nimble and fluent. And there is a little bit of awkwardness to Vauban, and there is a little bit of awkwardness to, to Stateman. Um, the Irish champion hurdle is going to tell us more. It's not going to massively affect the Constitution Hill price, which is kind of unbackable until the day. Um, but Stateman, Honeysuckle, Vauban, assuming Vauban goes, he could go for the Red Mills. They could go to Goran with him instead, but I imagine they'll go DRF. Um, but irrespective of that, we're still going to have Stateman versus Honeysuckle, and that's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, from a, a staking position and I have backed Vauban and I'll back him again uh, in the hope that he improves and, and runs a, a massive race then in the champion hur- in the Irish champion hurdle. And then who knows what happens at Cheltenham. But he doesn't appeal as an each-way bet simply because you've got one massive hurdle to overcome in, in Constitution Hill. He'd have to turn form around with statement. And if Honeysuckle is back to her best, then that could be the one, two, three. Uh, and, and you're then a good fourth. So he doesn't appeal as an each-way bet to me. He appeals as a take the chance now and hope that he's going to be significantly shorter on the day. Uh, how do you view him, Barry? Yeah, I agree with you there. It's, you, you make a good point. And obviously with an odds-on shot, uh, sportsbook prices are somewhat restricted. So so on the exchange, um, you're going to get, you'll almost get double the price that I'm on the exchange at this, at this stage. Um, there's not an awful lot of money around on the exchange, as you'd imagine at this stage. And it will become clearer. But yeah, you could probably nick maybe 14 or 16 on the exchange somewhere at the moment um, and, and hope he runs well. Uh, over the, in 10 days time or so and yeah he could constrict but um, yeah look it, it's it's an, an awful lot of us up in the air at this stage we've got to wait for 10 days time and really see what happens the picture will become an awful lot clearer at this stage we could see the end of Honeysuckle um, although I still, t- I still think she, she can uh, improve on that run but if she were to run below par we could see the end of, end of her and that would really shake up the market then wouldn't it because then all of a sudden it, he does become a, an each way prospect at around about 8 or 10 to 1 so Look, we've got to wait and see uh, what happens next weekend because it's going to be it's going to be very informative. It is kind of nuts to think that the first and second from last year's race were both at one stage or another considered for the mares, and Epiton is most likely to go there. So it's a real it's a changing of the guard in the staying chasing division, and it's a changing of the guard in the two mile hurdling division as well. Um, and look, it would be fascinating if she comes out and wins the Irish Champion Hurdle, and then proves us all wrong and goes and wins the champion. Start of the season, I, I thought her price was an insult. Now, I, I know, she's the third sorry, horse know, we talk about. Yeah, and I, I know I mentioned the point about Constitution Hill. How is he going to react with the hustle and bustle of a bigger field? But just looking through it... Is there going to be a bigger field? Yeah, no, that, no, that's I'm just looking at it. I can't see there being any more than nine. I was going really. to say eight, and, and even that's Yeah, I'm just looking at it going, you're hoping for each way purposes with a, with a fours on shot that there will be eight so people can have some sort of a play on the race, but... If yeah, you look at the ones in, immediately behind, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but if no, you look immediately behind the top four, Epiton could go the Mayor, Sagehart runs on over fence mm. on Thursday, as we've said, so likely to go the other way. Love Envoy goes the Mayor's, Bob Ollinger surely doesn't run. Um, Sharjah will run, you know, will he? Echoes and Rain Mayor's. You're right about Sharjah, I would say. First street would maybe be Pied, maybe Maybe Pied Piper would run. It wouldn't be much option for elsewhere for him, so mm. um, yeah. wouldn't be. It's not. It wouldn't be a. It might not be. It might not be even even an eight or nine runs really. Yeah, and I know I say Constitution Hill is short at one to four. Look, no doubt he is short, but when the opposition keep falling away and falling away, he might not have that many to beat. But um, 
Yeah, look, the picture will become very clear 10 days' time or so. Well, there was 10 runners in the race last year. I don't, and there was 10 runners in the race the year before. I don't see there being 10 this year. I just don't. No, there won't be more than 10 anyway. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, We'll stay with the hurdlers and and go to the staying division. Stayers hurdle. Um, Betting is is fairly open for this with the news about Flooring Porter. And we're going to see Tiapu, the conqueror of Honeysuckle, at the Thaestes meeting on Thursday. So that's going to be his next run. And we'll tell us more about what they plan to do with him with a uh, view to the spring festivals. What's the current market for the stairs, Barry? Yeah, there was a big drift on um, Flora and Porter. Uh, was it late last week, I suppose? But the current market with us is Home by the Lee is now your favourite, four to one. Blazing Cal is next in a horse that hasn't ran for what, maybe on a year and a half 460 days by the time the race comes around. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, classical Dream, Sixes, Paisley Park, Eight to Hupo, as you say, goes on Thursday. He's a twos on shot for that race on Thursday. He's eight to one. Ashdale Bob tens. Marie's Rock tens. She won't go. Monkfish tens. And then Florham Porter twelves with St. Sam twelves. Sharjah fourteens. Mm, and then look, there's a couple of horses in there that I, I can't see them going. Um, but I might have an interesting one for us. Will I shout it out or do you want to kick on with the preview first? Oh, let's go. Okay. Now, this might make might not make much sense in a couple of weeks' time, but a horse that we seen ran, run a Clonmel the other day called Ho on Kalor. You remember him? Oh, yeah, I do. He had that race won, and then... He had that race won. He holds an entry in the Stairs hurdle this year. Okay? So I'm thinking... Obviously, they put him in this, the Stairs hurdle as, as a backup plan if his chasing career hasn't gone to plan. He won on his chase debut... He said two falls in there in his next five starts. I cannot see how they can throw him into a chase race at Shetland off the back of that fall. He's only quite a young horse. Um, you know, if he was to have another tough race again, it could sort of sour him. I think he's available at a 20 to 1 for the Stairs hurdle, which is probably the weakest of the championship races. Um, for the dog, he's not in the Ryan end either, as well. He'd, he'd, have to be, he'd have to be supplemented if he was to go there, yeah. So, so I just think, look, why was he entered in the stairs? Obviously, because a backup plan, you, like you don't enter him in there if it's not in your mind somewhere along the line. His chasing career hasn't gone as hoped. He took a nasty fall the other day, as I say, in his last five runs over fences, he's fallen twice. I can't see him going straight to Cheltenham off the back of that fall. I think he might just step back to hurdles. He has some decent hurdle form. He was toured there behind Quixilius in 2021 in the Triumph. Yeah. And he was behind Jeff Kidder then in the grade one at Punchestown over hurdles. And then he's gone, um, he's gone chasing since. And he was a good winner in Otoy as well prior to joining Willie Mullen. So his form over hurdles is not bad. The Stairs hurdle is not the strongest division of it at all and I just think at 20 to 1 he might he might just end up there I like that a lot and I like the, the logic that you've used to get there too 20s with Betdak for Haunt en Calore for the stairs uh, Paul how do you see the race going we'll, we'll start with Flooring Porter shall we because he might still make it but it's 50-50 about his participation for Cheltenham and that's a huge blow because obviously he's been brilliant there the last two years uh, and I know he'd missed a couple of key gallops before the race at Christmas time so you can factor that into what he did there. But it's uh, it's very much in doubt now as to whether or not he'll even make the race. Uh, yeah, let's, first and foremost, let's hope he does get there. Um, as you say, defending champion for the past two years. Um, I did think his two runs this season were slightly below par. I know he's 
tends to often be beaten first time out, but he was um, he was much closer last year in the um, Liz Mullen hurdle when he came down and when he was beaten this year. So um, and then just didn't seem to have the same spark as he usually does. He seems to um, have that zest that he often travels with at Christmas. I didn't think so. Um, first and foremost, yeah, I don't think he was. I think he's better than what he was shown this year. Um, but again, you you couldn't really contemplate backing him at this stage from given what connections have said. Um, hopefully he gets there and then and then the market will again take another be reshaped again really. Twenty to one would be an overreaction to his form this year, but that, that would kind of indicate that people are believing that he might not make it. Um again then there's question marks for me, a couple of top of the markets, home by the leaders, um well beaten last year as a first three to one shot. Might well have improved, but um I'd be happy to take him on personally at the top of that market now, around four to one. Blazing Carl's horse, I put up and he put two horses up in the anti post section of jumpers to follow this year. He was one or twenty five to one, so um desperately hoping that he makes it, but um if if he if he gets there and he hasn't had a run for um, as long as he has, obviously that, that that's far from ideal. Um not not that it can't be done these days now, but um again Charles Burns hasn't been overly positive about um, no, his well-being. He, he's in, almost in he's almost updates. collapsed in price and has enhanced his reputation by being absent. Yeah, yeah. So his novice hurdle forms worked out well, to be fair. Um, Bally Griffin Cottage, Jolino Bello, who I'll touch upon in a minute because he had two runs in the Cleve on Saturday. He's reverted back from um, a novice chase campaign. He's probably another one we should touch on. Um, but, yeah, Again, like you, you struggle to back horse like four, six, five, six to one who you haven't seen for over a year. You may as well, you may as well wait near the time and find out if he's going to be there. Um, T. Hoop is interesting for me because I think to stay as a division often, um, and Horse on Colors is going to be another good example who I, I had shortlisted to talk about myself too. Um, it's often a division where horses come in from left field because things haven't gone right either over fences or horses are stepping up in trip as they get older maybe they don't look like they can win the champion hurdle so they go down this route I think um, I love to stay as a hurdle and, I, and I, you've seen some amazing winners over the years but I think it's safe to say that not many people buy a horse with the intention of winning a stay as a hurdle or that's at the start of their career when they go shit do you think about going chasing or champion hurdle um, so I think you do get you do often get horses coming in entering the picture in the second half of the season that don't necessarily, or you wouldn't have necessarily thought of earlier on in the campaign. And um, T.U. obviously um, defeated Honeysuckle uh, in the Hatton's Grace, and we haven't seen him since. Um, again, you'd, you'd, the thing with him is the trip's an unknown. His pedigree do, doesn't scream um, that he will get the trip. So I think I, I personally would sit on the fence with him until after Thursday and see how he gets on in the Galmoy hurdle. How, um, how much of a factor is the ground with him? Um, well, in terms of you think he's much, he's much better on, on a softer surface. Well, his wins have come on heavy, yielding, and soft. And yeah, to be fair, when he when he stepped into deep water, um, it was the champion hurdle. Now he was backed into nine yeah. to one that day, but that was good to soft. And, and he was, was only, again. He was he was yeah. He was only a five year old again. Then I'd, yeah. I'd be happy enough to to forgive them. But uh, yeah, you can get that. The two is two probably arguably is two. Um, most disappointing efforts behind Honeysuckle were on decent ground although the ground at 
nice when he won the fishery lane as a four as a four year old when he beat Colixius was described as yield. Yeah. So yeah. um I th- I don't know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't pit, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't pigeonhole at, at this stage. Like I, but the thing for me is the trip is a big unknown. Which which it is for a lot of horses we're gonna talk about, but um we're gonna get evidence with him on Thursday, so there's no point um nailing your colours at this stage to him. Um couple more who could step up and trip. I had Mark down, Saint Sam and Hawk Donkalo. Saint Sam would be one he'd want to he'd need to he'd need to settle a bit more in the early parts of his races. He's quite an enthusiastic goer, so um and I think the way Hawk Donkalo travels is um, well suited to the new course over hurdles. Like you, you see, time and time again, you see. Oh, I know Florent Porter's dismissed this um, over the past couple of years, making a lot of the running. But hold up horses on the new course over hurdles have a fantastic record because there's only two hurdles to jump in the last seven furlongs, so it's it can um, it can suit hold up horses and even ex flat performers have done well in the stairs in the past. So. Uh, I think the way Horton Colour travels and will be anchored out the back will suit him and will give him a chance to get in the trip. His pedigree gives a bit more hope as well. Um, I was just going through them before we came on it and um, certainly just off breeding-wise, if any of the horses we've touched upon out to get the trip, I think Horton Colour is the one that strictly on paper you would give a better chance to. So it's definitely positives with him. I would say... Last Sunday he was going to win that, but it's worth remembering he was getting £9 from Fakir Dudri um, and Shaq and Paul Soir, but all, all the same, it was still it would have been a highly creditable win and that might well have dictated the fact that he would have gone down a different route. So, again, I would agree with Barry. He's, he's definitely an interesting contender and although he's only rated, I think he's rated 155 now over fences. He's actually got an entry in a handicap at the Dublin Racing Festival next week. I'd be amazed if he took up that engagement on the top weight now. I think that this is possibly a more likely route that, that could be explored. Um, it's definitely all stick to bear in mind throughout the spring. Say, even if he goes here and runs well, he's only won once over hurdles and once over fences. He could even be end up being in that um, there's that two and a half mile hurdle for winners of one at the Punchestown Festival. It wouldn't be wouldn't be out of the question that he could end up there in April um, and winning a race of that nature. Like, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree with him. I definitely can care with him at twenty to one. He, he's definitely one of interest. Um, Giulino Bello, say so he deserves a mention because he's going to run in the Cleve Hurdle on Saturday. Yeah, currently uh, sixteen. Yeah, yeah, against Park. Paisley Park. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, he's got a similar profile actually to uh, a horse. Going back a few years now, 2015, Paul Nichols um, had a novice chaser who fell in the Feltham called Safia de Roo, who then went to the Cleve Hurdle um, and won the race. Then he went sent off favour for the stairs and finished second and then reverted to novice chasers to win the mile, made entry. That's so you just wonder if um, he's got a pretty um, similar profile there. He won his first two chasers, obviously he only beat one horse at Weatherby first time out and one horse at Exeter. Um, so he really lit in an awful lot. And he, he was still travelling well when he came down to Feltham. I think Paul hasn't said for definite that he will remain over hurdles in the spring. This is kind of maybe a bit of a confidence boosting effort. But if he goes and runs well or even beats Paisley Park, he'd, he'd be shocked if he didn't have a crack at the, the status at hurdle then. So, um, again, looking back at last year's form, he, he, he won what was a weak set and novice hurdle at Aintree. There's no no two ways about that. That wasn't the strongest when Neil Bambridge was sent off favourites and didn't back up um, his Martin Pipe success. He was obviously below par that day. Um, earlier in the season, twice he'd chased home, Blazing Colour, Chelton, 
in grade two novice hurdles. He's probably not quite as good as that horse, but we know he's fit and well. Um, and he's like three times the price. So again, they, they'd probably be a couple who would interest me a bigger price at this stage, horse on colours and Gilino Bello. They've both of them have got the, the potential to contract a fair bit, I would say. Well, you've both put me onto the hot on colour track and may very well be added to the anti-post portfolio, which is pathetically weak this year. First of all, Sir Gerard, <laughs> and also I just haven't done a whole lot of anti-post betting because not, as we said last week, not a whole lot has really stood out to me. But these are, are intriguing to me. Gina, Gelina Bello was my second pick, so I'm delighted to hear you talk so glowingly about him. My overall pick was Classical Dream. Uh, not exactly splitting the atom, but he might not have flooring porters to deal with. Uh, he was terrific at the Christmas meeting at Leopardstown in 2021 for all that that was controversial at the start, and we all know about that. Um, they probably shouldn't have run him in the Galmoy last year, and Willie's not repeating that mistake. He's learned from that, not putting him in there. Uh, and the only entry that the horse has is the stairs. And I would have no fear of him being fit on the day. The only thing that would worry yeah. me slightly is, is he okay? Um, if, if the intention oh. is just go there with him fresh and sound then that will probably result in him running his best race. He's been brilliant at the last two Punchestown festivals. Uh, he would need to turn form around with Tiapu, but over the longer distance, he, he would be entitled to do that. So he's very high on the list, and he's a pretty decent price as well, Barry. Tens? No, he's not that big. Uh, classical Dreams, only sixes with us. Ah, damn it. Um, yeah, only sixes with us at the moment. But um, yeah, look, yeah, he was very good at Leperson that time when he, got a, when he got a flyer, but he, he missed the start. Was it last year he missed the break? He was ridden much more patient than usual so mm. two chalk and cheese yeah. performances that we've seen at Leperstown and Chetlam just a, a horse called the nice guy of Willie Mullins have we heard anything of him he's out for the season he's gone yeah, for he's the out, season yeah. yeah and then the other one of Willie's I was looking at Paul Touchton and St. Sam um, he's a sort of a strange profile going for his stairs he unseated in the Arca last year yeah. and um, he was he was second there in 2012 actually behind Jeff Kidder in the Boodles but they, they must think a lot of this horse. I see his last three runs. Again, a horse reverting back from Jason. Paul made a good point. It's it's always a, a horse has come from left field. But things aren't going well. They revert back here. But his last three runs and chases all came in grade one company. So they obviously think a fair bit of him to run him three times in grade one company. He stepped back to hurdles a good winner of a two-mile three race, I think it was, at Pungestown uh, before Christmas. So, um, look, that was the first time he won a hurdle race in six attempts. But... Um, some strong place for him and another who at least has entered in the race. So I think Willie has quite a strong hand in this race. When you look at it, first of all, you would have been, you know, you look in Flora and Porter, home by the Lee, Blazing Cal. But now looking at it, he could have Classical Dream, St. Sam and maybe Ho on Calor. So he might have a stronger hand in this race than we first envisaged. Yeah, that's a very fair shout. Yeah. Uh, at, at least we know what the plan is with Paul Nichols, Gillian Abello, that he's, they're going to try hurdling if that then translates to the stairs, terrific. We're, we're guessing with Auton Colour, but it makes sense. It makes absolute sense that if you want to get him to a spring festival, if you want to run at Cheltenham, why would you go back over fences after that bad fall the other day? Transition to, to hurdles. Um, just on Classical Dream, Paul, was there anything you were going to add? I, you know, I'd just say the fresh angle would be a positive for me. Definitely yeah. goes, I think he goes well fresh. I'd, yeah, I wouldn't, um, wouldn't be too negative about his chances. He, um, I would imagine that maybe you thought now he's he's had he's had a couple of at, at, at his age maybe to give him the best possible chance. Let's I think the, certainly the Galmoy was was probably in hindsight was a mistake last year. So um, I would think that that, that certainly into place. Saint Sammy, the one on the inside track of Punchestown on New Year's Eve, um, which is quite sharp. 
I'd say he'd definitely be interesting, but he would want to relax relax a little bit. He did actually he'd won a couple of hurdle races in um France probably before he joined Paul Nichols that's when he was a, sorry, before he joined Willie when Willie, he was yeah. um, a juvenile. As you say, he finished um second in the Fred Winter a couple of years ago, but it just with him, he, he would just need to relax because he is quite a forward going, keen sort. But as you've touched upon there, Willie looks to have um, potentially, in terms of strength and depth, a good a good team to uh, go to war with in the stairs this year. Final One more horse, Emmett. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that, sorry, you just wanted to throw in there Buzz. See, he still has a entry in the race for Nicky Henderson. Yeah, Jess's horse. Um, yeah, a great one hurdle winner in entry last season. He also won the Cesaro with Newmarket, didn't he? That's right. He did, yeah. Under yeah, obviously been easy. Yeah, he, he's plenty of class, and it's, it's look, it's just not the strongest race, is it? No, but if he if he'd have been, if he obviously wouldn't have had his injury last year, he was going to run in the um, long walk at Ascot just before Christmas 2021. He must have been, I can't remember exactly, but he, he wouldn't have been too far from the top of the market then. He obviously, he's never gone beyond two and a half, but he looks like all he would stay the ship. The thing with him is his well being, and he's um, Jess has posted a couple of. Um, videos and pictures of him back on the gallops of seven barrows now so um, he's obviously back in training he, he probably won't know until he really push comes to show whether he can get him there and, and you start to push the buttons with him but um, it'd be great to see him back and it was, must have been a fairly serious injury I think it was I can't remember off the top of my head it was fractured pelvis maybe or, um, I think so yeah but, also, but definitely something to do with pelvis yeah it was definitely something to do with pelvis wasn't it but to, be, to have been off that long because it was obviously a um, Fairly serious, but um, yeah, you'd be you'd be a contender if you got back. But you'd imagine he'd be going the uh, first time out. If you, I wouldn't imagine he'd be he'd be getting a prep run into him now. So yeah, mm. he's an interesting one though, and it's good to see him back. But we need to find out Hugh, how much Hugh, Hugh entered in there as well for uh, Shark Handle. If he, I'd say that he'd have more chance in this race than in the Gold Cup. So if he if he's talking about a prep for Haintree, um, be be interesting again. Yeah, I asked him. Again, I asked like, him about him. This is just a, this is just a, a ground issue. If the ground of the goal, the Gold Cup was looking like it was going to to not be suitable, they might stick him back over hurdles. It's highly unlikely he would take no. up this option. Highly unlikely. Um, and, and so it's very much about the Gold Cup, and we can talk about him more there. Um, are we not giving enough credit at all to Home by the Lee? I mean, you mentioned him at, at the start, but. He was sixth in the race last year, beaten seven and a half lengths. The defending champion's probably not going to be there. He's beaten him twice this year already. Uh, was good at Navin, was even better at, at Leopardstown. I'm a bit lukewarm on him myself, but what about you, Paul? Yeah, it's, um, he, he might well have improved this year, say, but he, uh, he was struggling a fair way out last year. Was, whether maybe it was the track wasn't ideal for him, perhaps, or... Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, his, his victories this year didn't um, really scream to me like I'd want to be backing on my short price personally um, for the stayers on the back of having been beaten in the race before. Um, I say the Christmas race with Classical Dream not not running and Florent Porter below is probably below his best, and Bob Allinger certainly not running up to the form we've seen him uh, now having on his reappearance. I'd have slight question marks about the. Um, the strength of that form, personally, uh, and yeah, said yeah, there, there is there is the possibility that we uh, we are underestimating. Now, I'd, I'd hold my hands up and say I did the same to Florin Ports two years ago, um, after he'd won the Christmas race and headed 
uh, to Cheltenham, but at at the current price now, I'd rather I'd rather look elsewhere personally. Yeah, the key thing there is the price, four to one. I think he is right now. Uh, that it just doesn't interest me for all that he has come through his two starts this season very very impressively, and Flooring Porter would have been my ideal winner of the race. And look, if he still rocks up, then I'll probably support him on the day. Uh, but Florian Porter was a very similar price. And uh, and he's he's shorter now with that news. So, no, not for me. Uh, final selections for the stairs hurdle. Barry, hot on Clore for you? Yeah, I just yeah, I just think he could reroute there. And at about 20 to 1, I think, yeah, he's, he, he showed he had a huge engine at Flamel the other day. I know he was receiving a bit of weight, but they were two classy sorts that he was up against. I mentioned it before. It's not the strongest race at the festival of stairs hurdle. And I think if he does reroute there, uh, for sure, he won't be 20 to 1. He, he could be a uh, high single digit. So, how on color for me? Okay. Uh, it's Gillian Nabello and Classical Dream for me. And Paul? Uh, yeah, Tiupu is the one that I am really interested in. But as I say, I wouldn't get involved until after seeing him. I'd, have, I'd prefer to watch him win well on Thursday if that's going to be the case. And I'm coming to around 4 to 1, then back on at 6 to 1, not knowing about his stamina. Um, I'd like to see him go and do it over three miles because we're going to get that evidence this week. Uh, but further down again, I'd be if I was going to put one up at a price um, with the possibility of the price coming in, it'd be horse on colour myself. Okay, to the chasers, and we'll begin with the champion chase where the entries are only 14 runners for the champion chase. That's just what's entered. Where have all the top two-mile chasers gone? Uh, the betting with Betac is going to be dominated by the defending champion, Anurgamin. What's his current price, Barry? 8-11 to 11 in Ergamine at the moment. 5-2 to two Edward Stone. 6 is Blue Lord. And you have 16s bars Bar, which brings in uh, Grenatine. But um, yeah, very lopsided market here with the top two taking out a fair chunk. Um, and Ergamine, 8-11. to 11. Look, warm favourites. If he repeats his excellent form of 2022, um, it's hard to re-oppose him. He's 9 now. Look, he was very good at Cork in December, wasn't he? Winning the, the hilly way. But um, yeah, I thought Edward Stone was very good. I know he unseated there at Kempton around Christmas, but he was very good at Sandown. Um, 11, 5 to 2 shot. Yeah, he's, he has a bit of a chance. One I like in here at the big price, and I don't think he's getting the credit he deserves, is editor De G for Gary Moore. I thought that was a good performance as Kempton over Christmas um, in the grade 2 Desert Orchard. He looked in a bit of trouble turning for home. Nube Negra looked as though he had him in his sights. But in fairness to him, he kicked again. And it's not an easy thing to do to try and make all the running and then kick again. Look, clutching at straws, trying to get the top two beaten. But I'm just trying to look for something that's a bit of value. And uh, yeah, around about 20 to 1, I thought Editor de Guy um, deserves a mention. As I say, I thought it was a good run at Kenton. And he's got a great record at Cheltenham as well. I think the only times he's been beaten there, he's been lumping really heavy weight around the track. Um, so definitely, definitely from an each way perspective, uh, editor DG is an intriguing one. We have a, a subplot here, Paul, in that Anurgamine and Edward Stone are going to face each other on Saturday, uh, assuming it. it so editor DG, and editor DG has been put into that race now he's as well. Been, he's been so he's going yeah. to run against them. Yeah, yeah which which yeah. is very intriguing. So this this market has the potential to completely change. And on what Barry was saying, beginning of yeah. the season when Edward Stone came out and, and won so impressively in the Tinkle Creek, I had my head turned to him. Um, an Ergamine's obviously very interesting, but we saw an Ergamine getting beaten by Shishkin and then turning the form around in the champion chase. So what's your overall view of the champion chase right now? Uh, I think an Ergamine very much the one to beat the title holder. I think he's he's the standard bear. I'd, I'd hold my hands up to 
um, thinking that last year's two-mile novice chase form wasn't the strongest. I think both Edwardstone and Blue Lord have shown improved form this year. So um, while it might not have been the deepest division, those two have definitely stepped forward, I think. Edwardstone was really impressive in the um, single week. There was no denying it. Obviously, at the mishap at Kempton last time, which was unlike him because he's been a um, fairly solid jumper, certainly. Last year he was, last season he was after he was brought down um, on what was his first start, but that wasn't his chase debut. He tried fences the year before that and did unseat on one occasion at Doncaster, Christmas 2020, um, before he reversed the time to gap hurdles. The feeling was throughout last season um, that obviously he was slightly below your normal standard of Arthur winner and that he was a high-end handicap hurdler rather than a grade one um, novice hurdler from the season before, which is what we often see translate but he, his jumping was deadly last year when he won um, at Kempton over Christmas then he won the Kingmaker and the Arkle I think he, I think it's safe to assume now and at the time that he was probably over the top um, and beaten by a gentleman, gentleman to me yeah. in the um, Golden Officers Chaser entry that was his seventh start so it was quite he, he had quite an aggressive campaign which was good to see we don't see that too often these days um, missed a couple of potential intended targets and then came out and um, Blue Grenatine away in the Tingle Creek. Um, so, yeah, he's a, definitely a legitimate um, contender to an Ergamine's crown. But um, that the market, as it stands at the minute, really doesn't make much appeal because the top three stand out and then, then, then you're looking at the bigger price ones. So, really, if you're, you're looking at those, you've got to hope that one of the top three doesn't turn up or underperforms to even have a chance of getting into the market. I don't really get into the frame. I don't really see... Um, a, a, a shock in this race to be honest So, and, and as you've said again that the market could well be in for a big shake up on Saturday if an Ergamine goes and wins well on Saturday he's going to be going to be what two to five or something for the for the champion chase thing you're going to be looking at so um, a lot's going to happen there Blue Lord uh, I think he'll end up being slightly better of a, sl- a little bit further I think he'd probably fall a little bit short at this level but with an Ergamine running in the Clarence house on Saturday, all being well, um, it looks like Blue Lord will represent Willie Mullins. He'll be the first string That's in right. the Dublin chase at the DRF. Um, looking at what's likely to go there, you'd expect Blue Lord to confirm the form from Christmas and, and back that up with another victory. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up running the champion chase unless when we get to the Ryanair shortly, near the time, maybe something happens that Alaho doesn't get there and the, the pack reshuffled a little but as things stand I would think that Blue Lord will probably win the Dublin chase and end up running here and he'd probably just fall a little bit short and I'd, I'd have him in mind then for the Melbourne chase at two, an easy two and a half where he'll travel well round I think that race will be ideal for him um, but in terms of this race again I think Anergamine is very much the one to beat but um, from an anti-dose perspective um, wouldn't be interested in backing him odds on at this stage Yeah it's, it's a difficult one because I like Edward Stone an awful lot, and he's odds against at the weekend, and I might back him on Saturday. Um, we'll, we'll see how that race shapes up. Uh, but in terms of an anti-post bet for Cheltenham, that was fluffing his lines during Christmas. Like, horses make mistakes. That was clearly an off day. Yeah, exactly. He's made a rare error. You're getting 11, You're not really getting a huge amount of compensation for that, though. Like, he's unseated his rider, and he, it's not like he took a wild drift in the market. He's still... An eleven to four shot, um, and he's going to have to beat an Ergamine to shorten. So, 
I, I don't know about that right now. The, the, the one horse that stands out to me is Blue Lord, and that's because he's already odds-on for the Dublin Chase at the DRF. He should win it, which will see him shorten further. How much further, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I've got the possibility with him that he could be rerouted to the he could at the last. I, he could, he, if if I, I think if if didn't, for some reason didn't get the there'd have to be a chance that Blue Lord would go up in trip. Um, I would have thought. Does he really stay? Uh, I think he stayed well enough. I know Clonmel is probably sharp enough, isn't it? Yeah, it would um, be. I just don't. I, I just think he's. At, a notch below an egg, I mean, and personally, um, I think this is the race that he should run in. This is the race that he should run in, oh, yeah. and all being well, he'll go and win, as you say, as we've said, Dublin Race Festival, and he'll run here. But for me, still like six to one, he's still he was beaten by Edward Stone last year in the Argyle. He's 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 just below them, them, them two for me in the pecking order, and so he. he isn't, I, I doesn't really it doesn't really make much appeal in terms of his current price that he that I'd say he's overpriced or anything. Mm. I say them at the market's a bit difficult in this race because say it's literally three hours and that I would imagine the layers wouldn't want you said about they didn't push Edward Stone out they would they were not going never going to push him out big enough for people to back each way because it looked a three hours race so yeah um, yeah hundred uh, uh, percent they don't they don't want to give you any kind of an opportunity for a scumbag each way bet here um <laughs> the Saturday will tell us more, but i I do like blue Lord looking at the Reiner, which we're going to talk about in a second though maybe you're right about that i I have it in my head that he's a short runner I, and when you were saying ideal trip for him, I was yeah. almost thinking two mile three that he does yeah I don't, well I think that's what maybe that's why but um maybe maybe so. But I think entry would be entry two and a half would be perfect for. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. And then Ellen Chase. That's what I, that's what race I've had in mind for him since he won at Christmas. I thought he could. I'd like to see him go well and run well in the Champion Chase, um, and then maybe take on the Fakir Dudri. You're really busting my bubble here because not only do I have to give you a hundred quid after Sir Deschamps just lines up at the weekend, Ugh. um. But one of the few anti-post bets that I've done is Blue Lord at 20s for the champion chase. And now you're making me go, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, 20 to 1. 20 to 1 is a different matter. If you offered me 20 to 1 now, I'd back up each way to get in the frame. Yeah, I, I put him up at the before Christmas in the hope that he would win and that maybe Edward Stone would, would blow his copybook. I couldn't have worked it out any better. Um, so at least it's on record and said, and hopefully you took the, the advice, but Paul might be right. Um, final selections for the champion chase as things stand. Barry, are you going to stick with Editor Dejeet? I'm going to back Editor Dejeet each way. Yeah, he's only 13-2 to two with us to win the race on Saturday, 20-1 to one to win the big one in March. Uh, we're best placed in Ergamon this weekend at 8-15. to 15. I just thought an overreaction in the market maybe to Grenatine. Um, yeah. he's, Edward Stone is 5-2 to two, Grenatine is 16-1 to one. he'd won his previous two before he was beaten by Edward Stone at, in the Tingle Creek at Sandown but um, it make, luckily he was beaten heading to the last but did make a bad mistake beaten nine lengths wasn't punished up the run in but um, that's a, he, he was favoured to beat Edward Stone don't forget in that race but um, that's probably the biggest overreaction in the wrong way in my opinion he's now a 16-1 to one chance so um, uh, he's got a bit of a chance. But again, I didn't think Editor Degree got the credit he deserved for his win at Kempton. So a 20-1. to 1. Um, Hopefully he goes well this weekend and he will shorten somewhat. 
and I interviewed Harry Cobden for TalkSport last week. We ended up talking for over half an hour and we talked about all of the leading stable stars. Uh, that had to be chopped down to 15 minutes for, for TalkSport. So it was basically Brave Man's Game uh, and, and the two novice hurdlers. But he does talk about Green Team and does agree with you that it's a, a massive overreaction that, that he's been pushed out to 20s. Um, yeah. and, and just with the way that race is shaping up, like who knows what's going to happen at the weekend and what's that going to matter? What's How is that going to affect things with Edward Stone? Um, Paul, your selection. Uh, unoriginal and Ergamine, sorry. It's, it's hard to get away from an Ergamine. I, 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 just, I just struggle to, I struggle to pick something out of the price. At least the, the stay as hurdle, you can see, you can pick holes in the top of the markers and you can see horses contracting in this race, really. The, the top three, the, the two, the, the top three could enhance the, re, the reputations over the next two weekends. Yeah. Edwardstone could run a similar race to Shishkin and an Ergamine last year. Or, um, and you, you if I'm having an each way bet, I want the possibility that I can win the race. If I'm looking at any of those beyond the top three there, I'd struggle to think that to make a genuine reason why they could um, win the race. You're just kind of hoping that they might fall in and hit the frame. It's not really the approach that I would have in a race like this. Yeah, and that would be the approach with Green Team. You're just hoping he gets third. Yeah. Whereas if, yeah. you're, if you're backing a horse like Blue Lord, he might be able to. And if you're backing Edward Stone and he finishes second at the weekend, he still might be able to go and turn it around at Cheltenham. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. Edward Stone would be my pick right now, but it's tentative, and it's look clearly Blue Lord is is where my real focus is there. Um, but now we're looking at it with fresh eyes, and who knows? Maybe he'll be rerouted to the Ryanair Chase as Willie Mullins Bingo continues, and it's very much dominated by Willie Mullins Bingo because the defending champion, dual winner of the Ryanair Alaho, is what we're now at seven to four. Barry, is that right with Betdeck? Oh, you, you missed the seven to four, 13 to eight now with uh, with us on the sports, but 13 to eight, Alaho. You can have, I'm looking at the list here, there's a lot of horses that might not run in this. Um, yeah, so Alaho's 13 to eight favourite. Blue Lord is next in at fives. You Shishkin at sixes, Fakir to Dairies, eights, Conflated, twelves, 14s, Galloping to Shump and Pictory, 16s, El Dorado, Dalin, Envoy, Dalin, Hitman, and Statler, and it's 20s bar. Yeah, there's a lot of horses who are not going yes. to run. There race. is an awful lot of horses that aren't going to run in that race. Um, so trying to sift through all that, Barry, who are you with right now? Well, look, Willie has a great record in the race, doesn't he? He's won five of the last seven, and Alaho has won the last two. So that's that's the starting point. The absence is a concern. hasn't been seen since winning, winning the Gold Cup Punchestown um, last April. I think that is... But um, he's supposed to have had a couple of, of setbacks. He was supposed to turn up at the King George, but coming from from the stables, that is Willie uh, Mullins, you wouldn't really worry too much about his uh, his fitness. As I say, he's around a bit, yeah, 13 to 8. Might not be a bad price on the day. Obviously, the absence is, is a, a huge concern, but what's going to go What's gonna go against him? Like a quick look through the anti-post markets, like... Blue Lord, he'd probably going to go in, in the champion chase. Fakir de Derry's, I don't know. Um, Gallop in the Champs going to go to the Gold Cup. Stackler's going to go to the Gold Cup. Um, this thirteen to eight could look it could look big on the day, you know, if if, if these horses um, fade away. Because arguably, if he's in decent form, the Gold Cup could be handier to win than this race. But um, yeah, yeah, I th- I, a lot of horses in behind him could go elsewhere. The one horse I do like at a half decent price is Pick Dory. I think he's been very good in his last couple of runs. He's available at 14s. This probably could be his trip. So um, 
Yeah, Alaho maybe. Yeah, Alaho is the obvious one. We're going at a, big, a bigger price. I'll give Pick Dory a bit of a shout. Yeah, Shishkin's I, in there as well. Will he go? Oof, oof. We'll, we'll talk. He more has won. He second. has won a couple of pointed points. He has won over three mile. Like he he outstayed um, an Ergamon to win as uh, Ascot was it? So yeah, I think he'll he'll, he'll get the trip handy enough. But whether or not he's the same horse as he was, it remains to be seen. It looks as though this will be his target. Do you agree? It probably is going to be. He's he's going to take on Pictori. So again, to to mention that Harry Cobden interview, what we'll do is we'll release that in full. Um, it's about thirty two minutes, and he talks about all of the leading Paul Nichols big guns. The only reason it didn't come out is because my uncle passed away. Uh, so mm. there was no weekend preview, and we stopped editing the the Harry Cobden show. So that'll come out during the week. Um, but yeah, he he's positive about him and you can hear more about him there on Shishkin he started to be talked about for the Gold Cup as well but this would seem to be the more likely race for him Paul but as Barry has highlighted there's a few question marks when you wanted to ask it last season that was terrific beating an Ergamine since then he's been pulled up fairly lackluster in the Tinkle Creek when beating 15 lengths and he was diagnosed with that rare bone condition is he still the same horse he was? Yeah it's a massive question mark hanging over him isn't he? You'd need to be seeing him again. I think um I think originally he was supposed to run in the race picked already won last weekend, two That's weekends right. ago. The yeah. um Binarco Conti missed that. So obviously um, things haven't gone ideally since Sandown and after which Nicky Henderson said he'll go to Newbury on Beffer Hill Day for either the game spirits over two miles or the Denman over three miles. So um for me even as a novice even as a novice hurdler, he looked like he'd get two and a half, no problem. I don't think a trip will be an issue. It's just, again, as you guys have already touched upon, whether whether he is quite the same horse that he was in his novice hurdle and novice chase days. Um, I'd like to see a bit of evidence personally and see a more, um, a more a more polished performance, shall we say, at Newbury if he does reappear there. Um, but if he goes to Cheltenham, you'd say this is the likely target. Um, but certainly wouldn't be in a rush to back it myself. No. How do you see the race overall? Because it's it's obviously centered around Alaho and on him. Yeah. Is there a concern that Statler has an entry for the Gold Cup and for this? Uh, Blue Lord has got two entries. Most of Willie's Horton Calor, multiple entries for Cheltenham. Yet Alaho only has one. Now it's the most likely race I for him to run in, but at the start of the season, this was, was a, this was a King George contender who could have been rerouted to the Gold Cup. Yet when it comes to the entries yeah. for Cheltenham in, in full, he's just got the one entry. Am I reading too much into that? I don't think there was any chance he was going to go straight to the Gold Cup if he hasn't run earlier in the season. Um, over a trip, you don't know about it. May as well go the tried and tested route. Um, the concern I would have is um, he won first time out last season in the John Durkin. Um, but the year before, he was well beaten in the John Durkin, Um and he'd never actually won first time out prior. Um, prior to that, so every other seasonal reappearance, he was beaten, um, and he only beat Janadil a couple of lengths last year. So it's safe to say that he normally does step forward from his first start of the season. Um, in terms of him arriving in peak fitness, that, that wouldn't be a concern for me with Willie Mullins because we've seen him do it before um, with the likes of Penn Hill and the stairs. Obviously, Corvega done it yeah. um, numerous times, turned up with the same layoff effectively, having won a Punchestown the previous spring. Um, he was brilliant to Punchestown in the Gold Cup. If Alaho turns up and is in the same form that he was when he won the last two, re- two renewals of the race, it, I 
think there's only one winner of the race, but say, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have him as an anti-post um, option. I think you, I think you've just got to wait now and see if he turns up on the day. Um, and if he does, I would still have just have that slight um, first time out record would just hang over me a little bit because he, he, we know he can be quite keen and exuberant through his races. So um, whether that lies in with the fact that he, that he has been beaten first time out several times previously, um, say that that would just uh, hang over me a little bit. Yeah, that's a very interesting point to bring up. Um, look, he's clearly the most likely winner as long as he's fit well he, and, and lines up. But yeah. even just trying to figure out who's going to run against him is not the easiest of things in the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, does anything appeal to you as a bet for the race right now? Uh, no, it's just just I was just going to run through a couple of them who, who might think that this chance, what chance if Gallop and Deschamps doesn't stay in the Irish Gold Cup will obviously go on to him, all being well he stays and wins the Irish Gold Cup and goes on to, to Cheltenham and runs in the big one. Um, he, he'd say the only chance he had of, of coming and becoming an option for this race would be if he if he looked a blatant non-stayer, um, which I don't think will be the case, but I think that that would be the only time we'd see him flip about. If Alaho missed the race, would Fakir do there with his connections? Consider running a race. He ran in a race two years ago, then went to Aintree and won last year. They avoided it because he'd been chasing out of Alaho in other races. If Alaho doesn't turn up, there'd have to be a chance that Joseph O'Brien and JP McManus would probably think about running. Um, Pick Dory and Hitman, I thought possibly maybe more Aintree types. They both have good form on flat tracks. Um, We've seen Paul do that before again. And again, I would think if if Alaho, if 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 um, Paul Michael and the owners of those two horses are considering maybe waiting for Ainsley, then Alaho comes out the last minute again. It opens up the race. Will probably have a different look to it, and more horses would be more inclined. Connections of those horses would probably be more inclined to take a chance at it in this race. Um, as things stand, the one I thought who was possibly overpriced and could end up here was conflated. And now again, he's going to have the option of running in the Gold Cup, and there was the deliberation, the same deliberation last year. Um, but I thought he was impressive, albeit in probably what was no more than an um, average renewal of the Savills chase at Christmas, to be honest. But he couldn't have won any, any more impressively. He was similarly impressive in last year's Irish Gold Cup than he... He ran in this race and he was a faller behind Allo, but he changed tactics that day um, and decided to try and hold him up. I think that was maybe not wanting to get into too much of a battle with Allo early, but I think it ended up um, contracting from his own chance. So I think if you if you reverted to his standard tactics, I don't th- I don't think this trip would be an issue for him coming back in trip. So again, but if he runs next weekend. We probably learn a lot more if he goes and wins that. Then again, if he wins the Irish Gold Cup, I can't imagine Davy Russell turning to now subbing for Jack Kennedy, so turning to Michael O'Leary and saying, "I can't wait to run in the Ryanair." <laughs> it's oh, going to be all about year, the Gold Cup. It? Yeah, it did. Yeah, but, he won the, yeah. but Gordon but didn't I'd, want I'd to do that. It was it was the no, O'Leary's yeah, I'd, forced. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. But if Gallop and Deschamps goes and beats him easily next week, I'd say this race would then become the likely option for Conflated and. Of those at a double figure price, um, considering I'd say, you'd say Alaho's probably participation probably not hundred percent at this stage. Blue Lord, you wouldn't think of running here. Shishkin, you wouldn't think of running here. Um, could end up being favourite <laughs> by default. 
I, I mean, you're you're basically looking at horses who are not being targeted at the Ryanair, aside from Alaho, as a potential bet. Yeah, uh, that it becomes yeah, exactly. an afterthought for connections. Again, right? like That's the, the only way you can approach again, those, the, really. The Ryanair is almost like not an intermediate trip, but, but in a similar way to the Stairs Hurdle, horses end up here that might not necessarily have been targeted here throughout the season. Alaho obviously was. This is always going to be his, his um, race at Cheltenham to try and win him for the third one. See, by far and away the most likely winner, and by far and away likely that he'd be head and shoulders above the opposition when when it comes to declarations on the Tuesday morning. Um, but at, at this stage, we don't know his participation is for certain. I'd have that first time out record would hang over me slightly. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be advising him as a bet at this stage, but um, he's definitely the most likely winner. And again, you can see why, why the layers wouldn't want to offer him a too big a price. He's also going to be in and around that price unless the race completely I, falls apart. If he's fit, sound and well, that's in and around, probably even money is probably the price he's going to be. Uh, and he has one after a break, but you're right to bring up the, the first time out record. Um, yeah. Fury Road was one that interested me purely from the perspective that he's probably going to go here. But if Alaho runs up, runs, then Alaho is going to, to win. Uh, final selections for the Ryanair Barry. Um, yeah, just briefly, I just agree with a lot of what Paul says there. I think Conflated was staying on well last year in the Ryanair when he, when he tipped up two outs. I, I can see him going for the Gold Cup. I believe it's one of the reasons that Davey came back. Um, but just on galloping the Champs, I'm not entirely sure he stays. <gasps> he, I don't think he'll stay the three mile two. And you look back no. at all the Cheltenham Gold Cups, you never see a horse really flying up the hill at Cheltenham in the Cheltenham Gold Cup. It's a long, long owl slog, and it's, you have to be sure you're going to stay. And if there's doubts about Alaho's participation in it, um, galloping the Champ at 14, he's obviously the classy animal in there. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, got to, he's got to not stay next week, though, hasn't he? Yeah, that's the way the thing, he but, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. to not stay. But, but I don't think he's going to stay. Like, he's, it, I looked at his breeding today, and I wouldn't be huge on breeding, but he's not really bred to stay the trip. Although Fair he sure. has won over three miles in over hurdles, it's a different kettle of fish, like three mile two and a half at Cheltenham. I don't know. Um, yeah, it remains to be seen next week. But a 14 to 1, if he doesn't stay... Or if he's like, you have to really, really get the trip to win a Gold Cup. And if Townsend gets off him and says, oh, I don't know, I don't think we get up that hill, he's going to revert back to this race. And maybe Alaho could, could come out of it a bit. But um, it's Willie Mullins' bingo, isn't it? Oh, it's very much Willie Mullins' bingo. Go. But, but also, if he's beaten by Conflated. Yes, he'd have fair to step and, back. Fair and square. Like, even if it's a case of he stays, but he's beaten by Conflated and Alaho's participation is in doubt, do you still go Gold Cup? Or do you go? Yeah, uh, I think he'll end up. I think he'll end up in the Ryanair. I just don't see him staying. Um, remains to be seen if I'm proved right or wrong next weekend. But I no, as Breeden suggests, he won't get it. And you really, really have to get that trip. You, you can't. And Okado Star was probably the exception. Who probably looked as though he didn't get it. You know, the way more of a speed horse, but but he was exceptional. But um, yeah, I don't know if Gallop in the shop will definitely get the three mile two um, uh, at a at a flat out gallop. I'm am- I'm trying to figure out if I can say who it was, and I don't think I can because it was an off the record conversation. But I've been doing a, a few projects. Just say uh, it was me. Yes, it was uh, leading leading trainer Barry Cole. Uh, doesn't think Gallop Under Champ can win a Gold Cup, and I was it was a leading rider and a leading jock, 
leading rider and a leading trainer. And I was amazed at how dismissive they both were about his prospects of being able to, to stay. Uh, you will hear slash see that soon enough and you can decide for yourself. But um, there's a number of people who have who's are at a very high level in the racing world who think this this fellow is the second coming. There's a number of them who think he's not going to stay the Gold Cup trip. Um, so he's a very interesting angle. Now, everything would hinge on the DRF, but he's not a 16 to one shot if he, if he rocks up. Uh, and that's, look, it's an anti-post preview. That's how we're looking at it. Um, I'd follow you in. There's nothing. He's long. If he wouldn't be a sixties one, should he be long gods on to win this race? Yeah. Yeah. If, if yeah, there's no so Alaho, if there's no Alaho, what price would you make him, Barry? If there's no Alaho, there's and if Gallop and the Champ goes there, there's not going to be a Blue Lord. Um, not going to be a Shishkin. There's not not going to be a Shishkin. Not going to be a conflated. Not going to be a Fakir dude. Yeah. Yeah. If I say four to six, I'll probably get knocked over. But he'd have to be odds on, wouldn't he? Or near enough at least. Yeah, I'd say he'd go off even money. As long as his DRF run isn't awful. Yeah, isn't shocking bad. Like, if he finishes second and it's just worried out within the last half or longer, you know, yeah. then he, yeah, he will go off for about even money. But look, there's a lot of ifs and buffs there. We're saying Valahoe doesn't go. And, but if Gallup and Deschamps does go in that race, I can't see Blue Lord going on or Fakir to Darius or Conflate. Okay, final but section. At, at, at currently, he's 14 to 1 currently, and it's, as you say, it is an anti-post show. That's where the value lies. Okay, I'm with you. And and I will back Gallop and Show. And just because I like punishment and clearly hate money, I'll back him for the Ryanair today with Bet Dak and then have to concede defeat when he wins the Irish Gold Cup. Um, but the, the 14th <laughs> is his pick. Two Cheltenham's in a row where he absolutely destroys me. Um, Paul, your pick for the Ryanair as things stand. Um, I'd say Alaho is the most likely winner, but I, wouldn't, I would certainly wouldn't put him up at this stage. I'd, I'd say I'll go the other way. I'll go with Conflated that he ends up being rebooted at 10 to 1. And then that brings us to the Gold Cup, uh, where Gallop and Deschamps is obviously a very, very short price favourite right now. Uh, Noble Yates, Aplutard, Statler has multiple entries, uh, and Brave Man's Game uh, are all towards the, the top of the betting, but it's dominated by Gallop and Deschamps. What's the current market with BetDAC, Barry? The non-stayer Gallop and Deschamps is 13 to 8 with us to win the Gold Cup. Um, a Plutar seven to one. Noble Yates is in there at seven. Brave Man's Game is eight. Protectorat is eight. Statler is eight. It's there's no real value at the top of the market. Then we have Conflated twelves. Manila Indo winner from a couple of years back sixteens, and then the American Grand National winner Hewick is twenty fives. Can't believe I'm saying this. Shishkin is in there at twenty fives, and it's thirty three to one bar. Yeah, there's a number of entries for the. Champion Chase, not good enough. Gold Cup, non-stayer. Bottler's Chase, Ryanair, uh, also known. But the Bottler's Chase, you can go for that if you want. And look, we're, we're obviously, both Barry and I are, and, and Paul was endorsing it. Uh, Gallop and Deschamps. A lot's going to hinge on the DRF. We're going to see Noble Yates uh, at Cheltenham in his prep. Aplutard goes straight there. I don't like that, quite frankly. Um, look, we, we touched on Gallop and Deschamps already. Uh, and the reasons as to why we would back him for the Ryanair are, are very obvious. Uh, so who is standing out to you as the most likely winner of the race, Paul? I don't know. I, I'm not as I'm certainly not on the same camp as you two thinking he's definitely a non stayer. Um <laughs> didn't say he's, he's definitely a non stayer, just the, said that the sixteens is the fourteens is too he, big as things stand. I think Barry no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely a non stayer. Oh Barry did. Barry even well joked in the, yeah, the, yeah. the non stayer yeah. galloping <laughs> jump thirteen times. Uh, yeah. 
So you don't be bracket at me in that. In that um, uh, listen, um, we'll just, we know how good he is. Um, he made a blistering reappearance, I thought, in the John Dirk and where he did settle better, mm. which will give you hope of him staying the trip. He didn't have a problem staying the trip over hurdles. As Paddy touched upon, he won the novice, the Grade One novice hurdle over three miles. I punched down in twenty twenty one after he won the Martin Pipe um, last year. I backed him all the year to go in the Brown Advisory, and he went for the wrong race. Um, I, ba- I backed him for the right race at tens and got nothing for it. Yeah, well, neither, neither, yeah, neither of us collected anyway. So um, the furthest he has gone over fences is two five and a half at DRF last year when he won the. Um, Labrook's novice chase. Um, it, it it all hinges pretty much on what he says. I think he'll I think he'll win next Sunday. I think he'll probably win quite well. Um, but the extra two furlongs or two and a half furlongs at Cheltenham will um, be the question mark. I think if he stays, he's the best horse in the race and he will win. But but if you if you're talking a big if there, he's he's a short enough price to be having the if hinging over him. Um, it'd be nice to see him really run out strongly next week up the hill at Leopardstown um, and give you that little bit more hope. I think in the modern day Gold Cup as well, you do need a bit of pace. You need pace to hold your position. Um, last year's race, you could say, Apolita definitely won the race for speed, but that was an unusually slowly run race. If the race was run, if this year's Gold Cup is a similar event to last year, I think Gallop and Deschamps will win. Um, because they didn't really test the stamina of a Plutard last year. Um, I mean, he definitely won at the ground, wasn't too bad. Um, and he was able to hold his position, cruise around, and really run away from up the hill. But as Barry said, it's unusual to see a horse finish so well in the Gold Cup. Um, a similar scenario, in my opinion, would see Gallop and Deschamps win the Gold Cup. Um, testing ground over that trip over a strong gallop again then you, you're talking a different scenario so um, a lot will depend on on conditions on the day as well and what, what how many end up in the field and where the pace lies and things like that so um, I wouldn't for me he's the most likely winner I wouldn't entertain backing him at this stage because he's likely to be he's going to be a sim, probably a sim unless he absolutely blows blows everything apart at Leopardstown next week He's likely to be not too much shorter. Um, and we'll know a lot more factors, obviously, in terms of ground, opposition, likely pace angles. Um, you're probably better off waiting until then and taking evens than back in about 11 to 8, 6 to 4 now with those imponderables not known, in my opinion. If he was to beat Conflated comfortably at Leopardstoneberry, yeah. just put your trader's hat on now for a second, take the non-stayer Gallop de hat off, uh, if he does win impressively at the DRF beating Conflated, what price would he would bet that go? Um, he he won't go below even money anyway. But I'd say he might shorten it to something like five to four. It depends how he wins. Like if you've seen him win and he had to battle and uh, you know and and pull something out towards the finish, you'd say yeah, maybe maybe he he does stay. But I'm just looking at the Gold Cup again. You're, you're going to have something in the Gold Cup that's going to make it. I know um, Paul was right and said it wasn't that quick a race last year, but you're going to have the likes of maybe a, a cool Cody or a Froden in there that's just going to go out and wear his heart and his sleeve and hope to just jump the hall into submission. It's not going to happen, but one of those are going to try and do that. So it's, you'd expect it's going to be, it's going to be um, a pretty fast pace, but um, 
Yeah, look, it's very interesting. You're talking about if he wins, look, if he win, if he turns off the last bend and he's four lengths in front and he hangs on by a rapidly diminishing neck, he's kind of drift, you know what I mean? Whereas if he wins with his with his head and his chest, um, yeah, he'll shorten, but he won't shorten that dramatically no matter what he does on on at the DRF. But um, yeah, they're not gonna like he's not gonna be out to win by twenty lengths, you know that way. They're not gonna be giving him a kick in the belly if he has to race one and, and leave their race at Leopardstown. So yeah, I can't see him winning by a mile. Um, I, I still do have stamina doubts about him. The one I like in the race is Statler. This is for the Gold Cup now. Good um, man. I thought it was a good run at Tremor, and Willie's used that race on more than one occasion for Albion Fodham in the past, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Look, Manila Ildo's in those no slouch. He's a Gold Cup winner in 21. He was runner-up in 22. This guy has form, Statler has form around Cheltenham. Now, I know, look, it was a farce over race, the National Home Chase, wasn't it really, last year? But um, he's always had plenty of potential. And, um, yeah, that was a, that was a good first, first run of the season. And I think he was giving Manella in the way, if I'm not mistaken, in that race at Tremor. Um, so, yeah, that was a good run for me. He was, he was, he was attempting pounds, to give pounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. giving him weight. And before that, like, he, he was unbeaten over fences. He had three runs over fences in the, in the novice chases before that. Um, like I said, he's got plenty of good form, plenty of potential. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he's like, he's a national hunt chase winner. So I'd say he'll try and find any chinks in uh, Galloping the Champs armor in the Dublin Racing Festival and uh, yeah, put him under pressure. You'll, you'll see, like, I know it's the same trainers, but it's a different set of owners and really has to instruct the jockeys to do what's best for each set of, of owners. But um, yeah, I like Statler for the Gold Cup. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. But Statler at eight to one currently at Gold Cup, he'd be my selection. Yeah, I like him as well, and and I mentioned him at the start of the season with Paul in in a a season preview um, as being a potential bet for this race. And the other horse that I put up was Brave Man's Game, and it's amazing to me that they're the same price for the Gold Cup. One's a runaway winner of the King George, the other was beaten by Manila Indo on New Year's Day. Um, I would still be in the Brave Man's Game camp, Paul. Uh, there's obvious concerns and it comes with risk, but at least you're getting the compensation of nine to one. He's not getting an awful lot of love in the market. What do you make of his overall prospects for the Gold Cup? Uh, yeah, prior to Kenton, I thought Kenton would probably the be all and end all not for the season, really. And um, I'd have had arguably more stamina reservations about Brave Man's game than Gallop and Deschamps, to be honest, before that race. But I was pleasantly surprised by how he stayed on up the the straight. I'd be interested to hear what Harry said in that interview you were talking about. Um, they looked to me when um, at the top of the straight, I'd probably said, I'd probably favoured Long Press, might have outstayed him. Um, and he showed reserves that I wasn't sure um, were there. People have questioned his former Cheltenham before, but really only ran in that um, Ballymore two years ago. It'd be a bit hard to um, pigeonhole him on, on that, that, just that one evidence. Um, yeah, I'd say he's got he's got a lot better chance than I thought he would have done prior to his Christmas. I was I was quite impressed with the, with the way he finished up the home straight. Um, the only concern I had was again was uh, the talk of wanting to keep. Uh, I know Harry just talked that he, he was happy to keep wide and keep him out of trouble. It'd be, be difficult to do that around Cheltenham um, to keep on the wide outside and win a Gold Cup. Because you'd be given even more ground when uh, travelling over even more ground. So whether he can be buried up the inner and go the brave man's route um, remains to be seen. But I, 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 don't, I never liked that as a rule that um, in any horse race, given 
sitting three, four wide, especially in a big race, just um, seems a little bit uh, not negative, but it's 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 certainly not um, the way I would I would plan to to have a horse ridden. You're unnecessarily um, giving yeah. away ground. Yeah, you just you're putting yourself on the back foot, in my opinion. But um, I say I was I was pleasantly surprised by um, how well he stayed on in the King George. I thought it was a really good performance, and I thought it was a big step forward from his win um, in the Charlie Hall first time out. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd say, I'd say he's, he's a contender. He's a contender, definitely. And one of the things Harry Cobson says in that interview is the soon the second he got back to ditch it on Boxing Day. He was being trained for the Gold Cup, so he's already well in in yeah. Gold Cup reckoning. Whereas the last couple of Cheltenham festivals, I, I and he kind of says this as well. I don't think Paul wanted to go there, um, and he said it was a very funny yeah. five minutes when he was taken out of the of the the old RSA, uh, the the Brown yeah. Advisory uh, last year, and he didn't, yeah, and he again, didn't he really does, want to run him in the Valley more. And I think in those those seasons, in his novice hurdle season, his novice chase season. He'd, he'd been a lot busier in the first half of the season. Yeah. Good um, he'd had four runs in Novice Hurdles. His, his cello was his fourth run. Then he had a gap, and that was his fifth run. Um, again, last year, he'd run in four Novice Chases. He ran and he carried um, a big weight in a Novice Handicap on Betha Hurdle Day in February. And again, um, Cheltenham would have been his fifth run. Um so I think I think he's got a, he's he's got a better profile this year in that. Um, I know people don't like the fact that we don't see these horses too often, but for the Gold Cup, um, I do think a light campaign is is a positive. And um, statistics like you, you look at a couple of you are going to run against each other on Saturday, Protectorat and the Grand National with a Noble Yates, and they run the Cotswold Chase. Uh, no winner since 2000 from the Gold Cup as a ran in that race when looks like trouble um, completed the double and I think having a really tough race in what's invariably bad ground at Cheltenham over the similar trip to the Gold Cup um, can be detrimental to a horse's chances so you see it again as like statistic one of the statistics for horses who run in heavy ground on their later starts is never a good thing it's just whether it just takes too much out of them in the and I know there are other big races that people want to win throughout the season, but when you're talking about the Gold Cup itself, um, I do think a lighter preparation is often good when we've seen it with like Album Photo. Uh, Bobsworth was another one who only ran once um, prior to winning at Native River, I think, and may have done the same. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Statler goes um, against Gallop and Deschamps in the Irish Gold Cup. I assume he's going to, but um, the fresh angle with him certainly wouldn't put me off if he skipped the Dublin Racing Festival and went straight there. I don't think it's an option with Gallop and Deschamps, obviously, because I think they, they want to go and see him now over three miles over fences. So I think it, I don't think even after he won the John Durkin, it was ever a chance that he wasn't going to run again this season. I think with him, it's, with Statler, it's a bit different. It's, if he might need experience, so they'll run him and the, the owner might well, well want to run him um, and go for that big race in itself, which he's got every right to. Um, but it wouldn't, if, if for some reason he didn't turn up, it, would, it wouldn't put me off Statler. And again, I'd, I'd concur with both of you that he, he would definitely have a chance and it'd be one at this stage who you'd be looking at um, as a leading contender. As you said, we, we touched on him at the start of the season. I think he was around 16 to 1, 20 to 1 then. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, 
and I thought he ran a he ran a fine race at Tremor. He gave away as well as giving away the weight, he gave away the inside rail, which is um quite crucial there at Tremor. I think quite often whoever's on that far side rail, near side sometimes with the way the camera is, but far side away from the stand, I think that is quite favourable because it's a sharp bend. So um he had a bit against him that he was say he was trying to give eight pounds to Manella Rindo. It was a, a fair effort. He's versatile in terms of ground. I always had him pegged as a bit of an out and out stayer, to be honest. Um, but he showed an injection of pace when he won his chase debut last season in December 21. So I wasn't sure he had, and he was really fast and fluent over two mile five. So I don't think, um, although he's a, he's a um, previous national run chase winner, obviously from last season, and we know that was a slowly run race, wasn't probably wasn't a traditional national run chase. Um, I don't think by any means he is necessarily the out and out stayer that I thought he once was over hurdles. So um, I think he's he's got plenty going for him. He's lightly raced. Say so he's had a nice light campaign. Um, we know he'll stay the trip. Versatile in terms of ground. I can just see him travelling away nicely in the race and being involved in the in the mix. So I think he's he's around nine to one at the minute. Yeah, um, and the way he cruises through his races and and he jumped the last so well that. Cheltenham last year. There's an awful lot to like about him. The defending champion yeah. at Plutard was due to run in the Savills at Christmas in Leopardstown and obviously came out. Yeah. Uh, and now he's going to go straight to Cheltenham. How do you feel about that? Hey, you, you seem quite lukewarm or, or quite negative when you mentioned him in the, um, when you were just doing a bit of an overview of the race. And I'd, I'd look at that similarly, really. It's, don't think it's clearly it. things haven't gone to plan since Haydock. Um, he wasn't himself a hater. He never looked re- Rachel never really looked comfortable um, from a from a fairly early stage down the back straight. Whereas the year before, he just glided through that race, um, admittedly on better ground. But I don't think soft grounds and an issue to him by any means. So um, he clearly wasn't right then. He found an issue afterwards. He was supposed to run at Leopardstown, as you say. Then was pulled out. That's um, just just leaves quite questions slightly, doesn't it? Obviously, if he's if Henry's able to get him back to last year's form. He's a leading player. Um, and he is the reigning champion, but just does, does you've got a doubt in your back of your mind with him, certainly. Yeah, it, it's it's a concern. Um, and the fact that he had to come out on the day in, in the Savills and just talking to somebody who saw him moving that day, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be overly keen on him right now. Um, and I'd want him to be there before I'd even contemplate having a bet on him. But if he can come back to the horse he was last year, then poof, he'd be a big player. Uh, my over- another one you'd say could come back. Sorry, so last year's form, a horse in your would be a, a huge price. Obviously, he's got to leave behind a bitterly disappointing effort in the King George. But he's another one who's going to run on Saturday all day and well, I think, in the Cotswold chase. That could be quite informative. Um, he ran well at Aintree, considering against Noble Yates the time before in the many clouds given yeah, that he, he was yeah. wayward at the first couple of fences and he's for yeah, me he, I, he got, I just he got no peace that day off Dashiell Drasher up front either as well he, no no and he just for me he just like, like no disrespect at all to Derek Fox but if he would find an eight not, not that many of them knocking about but someone with Tony McCoy's style would I think would just be perfect for the and just making his mind up um, I just think he's a horse that maybe just needs telling what to do but almost like I'm in charge and I think AP would have got a right tune out of him like but um, so you see how he goes on Saturday um, at the start of the season again I'd have been 
in the camp that he he wouldn't have been without without a chance in the uh, in the Gold Cup. Obviously, two disappointing runs leaves leaves question marks, but he, he's he's a huge price as a consequence now. Um, and it, it wouldn't surprise if there's one horse at a massive price who just turned up on the day and took a big step forward or reverted to what we know he can do. Um, it could be him. Yeah, I'd have been very interested in him for the stairs, and they haven't even given him that option. So uh, I don't know what to make out of him right now. He, he's. Yeah, on... I think she said she said in the stable tour already um, yesterday. They're likely to run on Saturday, then we'll go to the Gold Cup, and then it's to the bet. The well, what used to be the Betway Bowl. I think they're sponsoring it this year. The bowl at Aintree. He's obviously won as at the last two uh, Grand National meetings. The Sefton, obviously, Edlin, the Mildmay, and obviously Chase. So probably um, if he just. You would like to see a little bit of improvement again on Saturday and then again in the Gold Cup and then maybe Aintree will be his best chance of spring glory again. So for me, the most exciting chaser in training as we wrap up the Gold Cup is Gallopin de Champ. I'm fascinated to see what he can do at the DRF. But I have no interest in backing him at 13 8 for a Gold Cup. And Barry has persuaded me that the 14s, but the Ryanair, if things are to change, is very intriguing for all that a lot of things would need to go right for us in order for that bet to come off. But I... I can't warm to him at 13 to 8 for all that I absolutely love the horse. Um, my bets are the same as they were when I had you on the show at the beginning of the season, Paul. Um, Statler and Brave Man's Game. And they would be... Brave Man's Game is, is the only horse that really tempts me in right now. Um, I think that 8 to 1 is very fair about the King George winner. And um, we'll put out that interview with Harry Cobden, but like a wide margin King George winner. Clearly a high-class racehorse. He will stay... Uh, it's just a matter of is Cheltenham going to be his cup of tea or not and I think it will be but it, that's a guess and that's why we're getting 9-1 to one about him uh, Paul who are you going to side with? Uh, yeah I concur with what you said about Gallop and Deschamps in terms of he is the most exciting chaser in training um, again I'd, I'd wait on the other time as I've already touched on I won't go through all that again and um, we'll know more about um, the factors and how much will be in his favour on the day um, hopefully he goes and wins well in the in the Irish Gold Cup and proves his stamina over three miles at least, but an extended three miles. Um, but if you again, like at the start of the season, if if you're forced force him into a bet at this stage or to nominate a horse who will run a big race, it will be Statler. Statler for Paul, so kind of in agreement with me. Uh, Barry, for you. Statler for me as well, lads. Yeah, thought that was a really good run at tomorrow. Willie has used that run. Or that race before for our previous Gold Cup winners, he was three from three over fences. He's former around Cheltenham. And um, yeah, as a prep run goes, trying to give a pound to a previous Cheltenham Gold Cup winner <clears throat> doesn't get much better than that. What if this swaps the other way and Statler ends up going for the Ryanair and Gallopon goes for the Gold Cup? Your head will explode completely, Barry, if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I just can't see it happening. I really can't. Like a National Hunt Chase winner going back to the Ryanair. I know it was a bit of a farce of a National Hunt Chase, but. I just think Galloping the Shot may be too quick. Unless he's an absolute freak, I think he may be just too quick for a Gold Cup. And, um, yeah, look, a Gold Cup, they tend to go very hard from the beginning. I know you have a couple of rags in there. I'd probably call them a rags, a bit of a disservice. But Froden and Cool Cody, they, they could set it up. They could really take each other on and, and make it a real good test of stamina. So, um, yeah, Statler for me. But, look, we've got terrific days racing there, a couple of... Days racing ahead of us in 10 days' time at the Dublin Racing Festival, and we'll know so much more then. So, um, yeah, it's good to see. And it's good to see this weekend at Cheltenham as well. I know it's been a rerouted race, but to see those horses that are likely to line up at Cheltenham, 
have a race before Cheltenham at Cheltenham, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Something that we don't really see. So it's a yeah, good weekend to look forward to. Yeah, and Jack- I'd say the trials, the, the card on the card in general, sorry, for interrupting on Saturday at Cheltenham looks really good from top to bottom. There's obviously a nine race card, they've got the Clarence House and they've got a cross country race because the cross country races from earlier in the season have both been lost. So um, they've got to fit one in. So I think top to bottom the, the races look potentially like they could be deep and there'll be plenty of clues on offer, particularly the handicaps. Um, that novice handicap chase and the handicap chase have, in recent years have thrown up plenty of festival winners. Um, and I think it'd probably be the best day's race in the Cheltenham that there has been since last March. Yeah, even the, the Triumph Hurdle trial looks right out. you got yeah. Comfort Zone, Scriptwriter, Bo Zenith. Uh, does need to improve on, on his first run, but he's got form with Blood Destiny. He beat Blood Destiny in France, so he'd be an interesting one as well. That that's shaping up to be a really great race. I carry more horses in that, isn't he? Jupiter G. That's the one that won at sixty six. Is that right? As, Jupiter Digit, um, yeah, editor Digit's brother, the Psycho. He's the one that won at a massive price. The Psycho, yeah, as he's called, yeah, putting his head through the roof, and that was on his best behavior. Um, <laughs> as the Racing Post once again messes up my cards. Right, one horse that interests you right now as an anti-post bet for any of the championship races that we've just talked about. Barry? I would go with Ho on Cador. I really think that I can't see him going chasing. Um, I would presume the Donnellys would like him to run at Cheltenham. He's got some good form over hurdles. He's got some good form at the track. Um, it looks He's already entered in the race, which would suggest that they had this in the back of their mind. Um, provided he's okay after that fall, it didn't look at terrible bad fall it was more of a sort of a skiddy fall wasn't it really uh, hopefully he's okay and at about 20 to 1 for the stairs which a lot of horses have a lot to prove um, after big absences and whatnot and I know home by the league is favourite for us but look he he does hit flat patches in the race doesn't he home by the league and a couple of the other ones in behind in the betting have a lot to prove so Hopefully he reroutes to the stairs, but a uh, whole encore, I think, would be the best of the anti-post value that's left out there at the moment. I like that. Uh, Paul, for you? Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't disagree with that. Um, certainly wouldn't be looking in the champion hurdle or champion chase markets at the minute. I think I think the solid one out of all the horses we've spoken about and the one who will run a big race will be Statler, whether he'd be any shorter neither of the day than this. looks quite solid at 8-1, to one, I'd say. Um, unless the ground comes up fast and he won't, you won't have the pace of the, of the speeds there. To turn it into a multiple, <laughs> just because you've both gone for two different races, I feel obliged to do the same thing and I'm deciding whether or not I will... Each way, each way, obviously, each way. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is on the nose. We're going for it. We're, we're swinging for it. And I'm trying to decide, do I swing for Gallop on Deschamps in the hope that he runs in the Ryanair and take that 14s? Um, or do a go at Fabon. And I'll go I'll chicken out and go Fabon for the champion hurdle. So that's the that's the bet deck multiple. That's the champion well, well, multiple. The, 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 bet to do, the, the bet to do before the DRF, if you're thinking along the lines of, of myself, is to back Statler for the Gold Cup and Gallop in the Champ for the Reiner. For the Reiner. Because if you know some if, double, if Statler goes some and beats double. <laughs> Yeah, some double, but look if Statler goes and beats him. You know what races they're going to go for, so yeah. yeah. Statter could run a a massive race finishing third and still be going for the Gold Cup. But if Gallop and Deschamps is second, 
they might yeah, not he go. Could drop back. He yeah. could drop back. So that would be the double to do before the Dublin Race Festival, and then we'll we'll talk after that. The life changer. We'll talk after that. You'd be off to. Uh... He'd be, on, he'd be on some holiday after that, that game. In Barbados. <laughs> Joining us on the line now is uh, Aaron McCarthy for Bet Deck because Barry just quit. He's just like, yeah. I'm out. I'm out, bitches. Oh, I've, Bye. I have, I have, the week, have the weekend off this weekend. It feels like I've quit. It's great. You'd be like Dave Chappelle in, in those sketches. I'm rich, bitch. And that's it. Just gone. Yeah, love a bit of Dave Chappelle. Uh, right, listen, I really enjoyed this. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the excitement for Cheltenham continues to build as things stand 48 days, 20 hours, 55 minutes is the countdown to Willie Mullins' bingo at the Cheltenham Festival and his complete and utter domination of the meeting. Um, and we're going to do it all again next week when we focus on the novices. So plenty more to get stuck into and we'll have lots more information on that show as well. Uh, you can order your copy of The Essential Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide for 2023 right now. Uh, in euros, it's 19.95, but you don't have to pay that. Because you're getting yourself a gravy train discount yet again from Weatherby's. So just on Google, type in Cheltenham Festival Betting Guide or head to the Weatherby's shop. You can buy the book in print copy. You can get the digital copy or you can get the bundle. It's £5 off all three of those options. And the discount code that you need is... It's final 23, final in lowercase 23. Pre-order now and get it in a couple of weeks. It is essential. Final two, three, five pounds off the print, digital, or print digital bundle versions. And uh, we will do more Cheltenham chat on the final furlong next week. Paul Ferguson, looking forward to chatting to you again soon, my friend. Thanks for having me, Emma. It's been a pleasure and we will speak again soon. And Barry, when we're talking again next week, we'll have had the Thiestes meeting, we'll have had Cheltenham Trials Day, and we'll be in full prep mode for the DRF. Loads more gold content coming your way. Yeah, I'll be at Fairy House this weekend. I might have a clue or two for you from that meeting, but I'll be watching all the big action at the weekend. And once again, a pleasure to be on the show. Loved it. Uh, and I'm covering the Thiestes meeting for TalkSport on Thursday, so that's going to be a bit of fun as well. So hopefully lots of gold to look forward to. Cheltenham is very much on the way. The countdown is on. The gravy is flowing. Is Gallop on the Champ going to go for the wine now? Could it be? Take that 14th. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday. The ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today.